Episode 161 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. I have both my co-host. Yay! At least this week. Yep. This week. We'll see what happens next week. <laughs> Girl Scouts. <laughs> uh, our guest is... I'm saying not running late. I, know, I, knew, <coughs> I knew our guest wouldn't be here at 7, so they'll be here later, but we can go ahead and get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to pump out sponsor stuff real quick? Sure. If you're looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit ellisreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Yeah. Get your shit. Yay. Robert Robert needs to make shit. You need to buy shit. Just lots of shit. I can hear dogs barking. Yeah, she's going to bark until it'll be fine. Just block it out, you know, man. You know what doesn't bark? Snakes. Nope. <laughs> and they also don't pee in my house. But Millie knows that there's all these people in the house that she doesn't get to visit with. God, there's a lot of people in my house. Oh, anyways, uh, also, uh, Herps. So let's have the Herps shows. Uh, the next show is Austin, Texas. Yep. It's usually a really good show. Hopefully that's a good show. That is April 22nd and 23rd in Austin, Texas. And Earth Day weekend. Earth Day weekend? Mm-hmm. Earth Day is the 25th. Oh, good good to know. So the 22nd is the Saturday that most people will celebrate Earth Day. People celebrate Earth Day? Yeah. There's like, there's actually a really big event in Pearland. Still yeah, Megan's going to be doing a th- yeah. snake education. Mm-hmm. It. It's a very educational thing. You go and you learn all about the Earth and ways you can help protect the Earth and Hippies do better things and... I'm actually listening to a Joe Rogan, Rogan podcast right now with a doc, a guy who studies psychedelics. That's a hippie. Yeah. Studies. But he's got me intrigued. <laughs> in, in trying psychedelics? Or <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, in about a month is our Pearland show. Yep. The first weekend of May. Mm-hmm. May 6th and 7th. Looking forward to that. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. <laughs> no hotel calls. No travel. Lake Charles is June 3rd and 4th. Yep. That's, then, that's during the summer vacation, so I'm looking forward to that. And then Conroe's right after that. June 10th and 11th. And then... When does school in for you guys? End of May. We get out, like, May. I think it's May 26th. Yeah. Oh, so or last May 27th, night, whatever that Friday is. When we left the show in Slidell, we were all hungry, so we stopped at the Cracker Barrel right there in Slidell and Gauss. And uh, our waitress was... She was awesome, but she was telling us she's a teacher in one of those school districts right there on Slidell. And she's like, yeah, I have to work here on the weekends to make a living. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling her about you guys, and she's like, any good-looking men in Texas? I've been single for eight years. If I can go there and make more money and find a husband, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. It yes, does, she does probably could. Later. Yeah. Uh, after Conroe, June 24th, 25th, is the Shreveport show. I'm interested to see how that one goes. That's uh, replacing the Longview show that weekend. It's got 20-something billboards up. Does it really? Going, mm-hmm. so. I mean, yeah, Shreveport, Bossier City, and then you got Mississippi there too. So I mean, it's that has that has possibility of being good. I'm excited about it because it will be a new uh, batch of customers. Yeah. If we go, we're gonna go eat at Strawn's. So you can get strawberry pie. Hell yes! I'm gonna have to go there even if you don't go. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I just want pie. <clears throat> uh, and then July 22nd, 23rd, back to Slidell, which you were just at. You were just mm-hmm. at Slidell this weekend. Uh, it was a busy show. Um, not as busy as normal, 
Which is weird because it's normally a really good show. So I've looking at my numbers from the last. Well, this is my fourth year now. Um, this is always my worst of the three slide L's. Oh, this one. which is weird. Right at tax time. Yes. Huh. Strange. Like just looking at the numbers, this is the one I do the worst at every time. That's so weird. Uh, I had one December show that wasn't good, but that was like twenty twenty one. Um. When right after the election, when everything sucked, oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I guess that was twenty twenty when the election happened. Anyway, twenty twenty one when the economy was really bad. That uh, was COVID too. Yeah, so that was after COVID. Yeah, that was that. That was the. But usually that December show is a killer. Yeah, it's the last show before Christmas. But um, it was just it was it was just different. I mean, there was <laughs> there was people there. It was just there's a lot of people right now that just aren't spending money. They're just kind of holding on to their, they're buying little things, you know. If, what are you looking um, for? The fan isn't on. It is not on. Normally there's a fan yeah. on in this room. That's I'm like, why is it so quiet in here tonight? Like Callie and John's daughter sold like 30 something stickers and, and uh, bracelets <laughs> on Saturday. Crushed it. You know, made like, and then went to Walmart and bought herself more to make more. I love nice. it. Put her money right back into it. So reinvest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, well, you know, like. Russell rode with us. He sold a lot. It was a lot of lizards. Like John said, because Callie worked for Andy, um, Andy's people on Saturday. And uh, so John was over there by himself. Well, I guess she worked both days, but he had one person look at a ball, hold a ball python, one person hold a corn snake. And those are the only two people who asked him a question about a snake all day. Really? But he sold a bunch of Pac-Man frogs and a bunch of spiders. Hmm. And then Russell said the same thing. Sold all his bearded dragons on Saturday. Crazy. Um, yeah, he sold uh sold a bunch of a bunch of um lizards. It was like lizard day on Saturday. <laughs> but then on Sunday, they were selling snakes. Well, yeah, four months. Mm. And then hopefully the one in four months will yeah. will do well. It's July twenty second, twenty third. Yeah. Uh and then and we're not going to Oklahoma City. But if you live near Oklahoma City, July 29th and thirtieth is the Oklahoma City show. And then uh, down to Corpus Christi, August twelfth and thirteenth, which we probably may or may not go to because that'll be when school is starting. That'll be the week before kids show up. So Gross. school is so much easier without kids there. Yeah. Nasty ass kids. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just saying you have a master's degree, buddy. You can, there's lots of other jobs out there. Yeah, but this job pays well and I have summers off. <laughs> it's true. Those summers off are pretty. It's uh, honestly, it's the schedule more than anything else because all three of us in this house have the same schedule right, right. now. That's nice. And yes. that is That's very like nice to be rare. able to go and do yeah. things. That is rare, you know, in, in the world for all three people. Right. To have the same schedule. It makes vacation planning very easy. Yeah, I bet. Because you can look at the schedule a year from now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And see what Yeah, as soon as they vote on the calendar for the next year, we're there we are. Yeah, and if you were working somewhere else, you'd only have like two weeks off and, <laughs> and then it's plan around that yeah, <clears throat> right in the ass. And I would say that, you know, we're po- probably gonna be going to four day weeks, but we're in Texas now, not Louisiana. A lot of places in Texas have gone to four yeah, day weeks. Yeah, there's a lot of schools doing everything it. around Rapids Parish in Louisiana is voted of, for four day weeks for next year. As long as you do it correctly, it's a beautiful thing. A lot it of really places is. are doing it here too. And uh the, the only the only big hurdle that you have to overcome is pain in the ass parents that think teachers are babysitters and they go, well, what do I do with my kids on that extra day? That's your fucking kid. You decided to have a crotch mm-hmm. goblin. That's your problem. Right. Yeah, it's not 
it's it's not the school's responsibility to be your babysitter. No. It's the same thing. You have to figure out what you're going to do with them in the summer. And I've also seen people that yeah. are like, well, are my taxes going to be 20% less since we're losing one day of school a week? No, because no. we, go, we still go to the same amount of days. Right. It's just that now we're going to go different amounts right. of time. It just always amazes me when people think like, you know, we, like when we got like some of those snow days and then it doesn't actually snow and people freak out. Well, now we're closed and I got my kids home. I'm like, okay. I got, people just don't realize that. It's the folks that, I guess, work nine to five Monday through Friday who forget that the majority of the world doesn't. And there's a whole bunch of people that are working on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And they have to find something for their kids to do on the weekends because there's no school. Anyways, mm-hmm. get off my soapbox there. Yeah. Ah. Um, oh, VivTech. If you need light bulbs, VivTech, reach out to them, get you some LED UVB light bulbs. Use code GUMBO22 to save 15%. They just got the jungle cover. I think it's jungle cover bulbs. Back I can. Stock, yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. So we, we got to reach out and get some for... Someone's new chameleon that's coming. So we got to get Mr. Cage and all the other shit. I've got. A, I have actually already got some stuff ordered. It's coming in this week. Yeah, but you don't have the expensive stuff ordered. I have one of them, yes. Ooh, what are we getting? Well, you'll find out when they get here. But it's for you. I want to know what it is. <laughs> the Mr.'s coming. The Mr.'s coming. Where'd you order it? Are we really going to talk about this now? Well, because I had a way of getting it cheaper. Anyways. Uh, <sighs> you can always return it. Yeah, that, we can do that. That is true. Um. Also, want to just want to plug uh our Patreon. I never plug our Patreon. I, I always feel, forget we have one. Well, so I feel bad. I don't. We don't do anything extra, so I don't want to be like oh, go to our Patreon because we're not one of those that put out like five extra videos a week on Patreon. We don't do that. Um, but the podcast does cost something, and if you like listening to it, it's not just this because we're having someone on tonight who's also got their own podcast, and uh, podcasts cost money. And and I I think people think that when we have a podcast, <laughs> just like you make money, but I. I make nothing off of this. I'd love to see some of that money. <laughs> we, uh, I would love for things to not come out of my bank account to pay for this podcast. I'm just going to throw that out there to true. the world. Um, I mean, but, but I enjoy like So look, people using our code for VivTech really helped us this year. We were able to get extra mics, which came in handy at some of the shows. That mm-hmm. has been really great. Um, so that was Robert great. Robert got some headphones that actually Robert function. Robert got headphones that work so he can hear out of huh? both ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, can hear out of both ears. It's great. <laughs> um, so just... I think I play like once a year, but if you like listening to our podcast and it doesn't have to be a lot, it can just be a couple of bucks a month. If everybody does a couple bucks a month, it would help cover, you know, there's hosting fees and all this other stuff that I'm still going to pay no matter what, even if you don't do, don't do Patreon. I'm still going to pay it because I enjoy doing this. But um, yeah, if you, if you have a podcast out that you like and they have some sort of way for you to pay a little bit, I mean, people will pay tons of money for all the streaming services. And I feel like this is a little more personalized than that. Um. Something to throw out there. I made a post on the discussion group on Facebook earlier today. So Robert actually had this idea a couple weeks back, months maybe. I found a tub of shirts, like just random sizes, random colors. Quite frankly, I just don't need them. Um, I, I just don't. I don't need them in in our house. And so I was thinking about taking the new logo that we have, the yep. long alligator head. Um, and just putting it on vinyl on a t-shirt. And if anybody wants to get one, I can ship it to them for $15. Have you checked shipping costs? Yeah. No. In like a, like a small little, I have envelopes downstairs. I can roll it. I can put it in a Ziploc bag so it stays dry. get a shirt. And then, you know, I can't, I have no clue what sizes are in there. I have no clue what colors are in there, but I know that I have like youth small up to... 
I'm pretty sure I even have like some adult five X's. So yeah. there's that. And then also check out our store as well. Yeah. So we've got the, I always forget we have that too, but <clears throat> uh, so just throw that out there. Help out, help out podcast people. Not, not all of us have deep pocket. Uh, well, if, if people sponsors. are interested in the shirts, I'm going to organize the shirt tub sooner rather than later. <laughs> Like if people aren't interested, it's just gonna go in the garage. Or was it? Let's oh, just be real here. Are placing the chameleon in its adult enclosure or something smaller? It's so go he's under- actually a year old. Yeah, he's a good size already. So he's yeah. So we share the same birthday. So he will be a year old on June twelfth. Um, so Which he's I'm, gonna go. I'm ready to get him because we're only gonna have him for like four more years. So Shush, James. I'm get, get some James. Time out of him. Well, I'm I'm being. I mean, oh, I did. I don't have my necklace on. Oh, I have to post necklace. a picture. James bought me a chameleon necklace this weekend, and all my students thought it was the coolest thing today. Yeah, it's all colorful and bright. I oh. went and hung out at multiple uh, like oh, wholesale jewelry places this weekend. We checked out lots of Harwin this weekend, and all the random all stores. It's awesome. Holy moly! I was exhausted. You don't get robbed. You're doing all right there. I was exhausted by like two o'clock. Yeah. I saw every piece of cheap jewelry you could find. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you want to buy stuff to sell, that's the place to go. We had crazy. so much fun, though. But um, And then we got to go to... If I'd have known you guys were doing that, I'd have sent you to a really good restaurant over there. We went to, Is it the one that Rachel took us to that one time? We've eaten oh, yeah. there before. Have you all? And then mm-hmm. we went to Side Arcade. She took us. Yeah. To the arcade. So, uh, anyway, just the two was, of you? No. Yeah. Well, yeah, we met some friends. But yeah, it was just Side adult. Arcade, it was an adult it was, day. It was, it was beautiful. Awesome. But uh, anybody that's never been to Side Arcade, it's like a chain, but it's... uh. They have like hard ciders, and then they have like 150 plus all you can play arcade games. Mm-hmm. Every and it, uh, so we got they're there family friendly until eight until eight p.m. and it was amazing at eight p.m. It went to like a quarter of the people, and there was no kids, and you could play any game you wanted. And everybody was cool. so polite, like everybody was nice about like here you go, yeah. They literally walked through screaming at the top of their get, lungs. It is now 8 p.m. You here. have to be 21 or older. Goodbye. Go home, have a great day. Can't stay here. It was beautiful. <laughs> you ain't got to go home, but your kids do. And we uh, ate wow. at um, was a Big like City Wings. Big City Wings. Because remember, we went to that place in New Orleans, the um, uh, arcade that's right there on, off Bourbon Street. Remember Dave & Buster's? There? No, no, no. It's like... Um, I haven't been to Dave and Buster's. It's like a little 80s theme play. Remember we went to Mama's and then we walked over there? No. Maybe it wasn't with you guys. Only it was with us. Uh-uh. I don't you, think I've ever been to you, an arcade you in New Orleans. Other friends. Oh, I've been there twice. <laughs> I went once back when I worked He's for He's allowed to have other friends. <laughs> yeah. You went with other friends this weekend. <laughs> That's true. Um, sir. Uh, maybe I guess it wasn't you guys. Uh-huh. And it's so fucking loud in there. You can't talk. Oh, no. Like, this and place, I hate that. This was loud until the kids left. Because there were several right. parties. I didn't realize how many tables they had for parties until I walked to the other side. And I was like, jeez. You guys did get to Miss Drunk Bill dancing this weekend. It was wonderful. <laughs> as always. <laughs> um, so, look, I found this house. for. I'm looking for an Airbnb for, for Austin. And it's called the Chakra Casa. And every room has, like, a color theme. But it's, like, bright, interesting. Oh, okay, then. I, Katie and I want to do a vacation on one of those, uh, the wow, uh, Airbnbs. The, the OMGs. OMG. The OMG. Oh, I haven't seen those. It's yeah. It's, like a, it's a whole category on like Airbnb. Fucking weird ass. Uh, and it houses. is weird. Oh, this shit. one should fit. It's yeah. yeah. Uh, talk some animal stuff. I was, animal stuff. Let's see what's going on lately. I, I took my, uh, rubber bows out of the freezer. Cool. Uh, one They're pair. love. Yep. One pair has, uh, to Robert. decided that it does want to eat. Two oh, I've seen these. Oh yeah. The weird ones. <laughs> 
Uh, two weeks in a row they've eaten, and then I have another pair who's like, yeah, we're not eating yet. So yeah, hopefully cool. they start eating at some point because I need more. Is, but don't, didn't you have a pair last year that did the same thing? Yeah, they it take took a them longer. It takes a little while to, to get ready. And you can't tell which pair because they all look like brown. No, no, no. They look different now. Do yeah. they? One, one pair is getting much darker, and they're much larger. Yeah. The other pair is much lighter and uh, smaller because they don't eat as much. That's cool. But when I feed them, I feed them the same way you'd feed like any other, like nest raiders. I just throw a pile of pinkies in there and then come back and the pile of pinkies is gone. Yeah. Well, that's what they do in the wild. They won't take shit from you on tongs, but right. if you leave a pile of pinkies, they'll gobble them up. That's hilarious. Yep. And then I, uh, I fed my, <laughs> so I went to feed my Louisiana pine sack. I got some uh, quail. And so I was feeding this quail the other day and the, like I opened the tub and it launched out of the tub and onto the floor. Entire body. Out of the tub. Which one? The big one. Oh, the female. Yeah, the male. The, oh, the, the male. Female, yeah. female smaller than the male. All the way out. Smack on the floor. So I was like, all right. So I just left it there eating on the floor while like, I'm going to clean the thing, <laughs> get some water, do everything. And then I just grabbed it by the tail and put it back in because it's busy eating. Right. So oh, my God. He launched his whole body out. Scared the shit out of him. I'm glad that he <laughs> wasn't hurt. That's a lot of snake, lot of snake How high up? Oh, he's on, he's oh, on a low tub. You're not going to hurt oh, okay, one of them. Good. Not like a boa smacking the ground. No, no, no but he. he the, the, look, the Louisiana pine snakes, the, both of them have a feeding response unlike any other snake in that snake room. Like, And it's crazy because it switches on because when they're not in feeding, they're also awesome. reaching there, grab yeah. them, take them out. They're wonderful. That's how Bandit is. Yeah, the Blue Beauty. He's super chilled. Uh, if you're not, a, but if there's a rat in the room, <laughs> you're fucked. I uh, so that Doomrolls. I had, I had a small rat. I wasn't gonna feed the big snakes last night. I fed them a week ago, uh, but I had a small rat that one of the ball pythons. I think fucking ball pythons. About to sell some ball pythons, but uh, so am I. <laughs> but I was like, I'll just give it to the Doomrolls, and I didn't even like hold it to let them take it. So I just opened it and threw it in there, and then closed it. And then I moved, and then it was like, oh, it smells rat, and just started hitting the side of the glass. I'm like, dude, slow the fuck down and go find it. You're yeah. laying on top of it. Yeah. Or, or that, that big mama in the middle, yeah. she does that. Yeah, they just get – She'll like be – her head's just going everywhere, and it's like, it's fucking right there. They get, they get food blind. Yeah. Well, I food fed – Food blind. I fed I've one. never heard that. I fed the uh, – our old corn snake, mm-hmm. and he is blind. Oh, yeah. So, like – Blessing. And the moment he lets go of it, and I like I left the tub open because I was dealing with some stuff, and like I look over there, and here he is, like sticking his head out of the tub, moving it here, moving it there, coming back in. He never left the tub, but he's just trying to figure out where the fuck the rat was. Aww. And it's it's sitting like right below him. He finally found it, and started eating it, but yeah, he he uh <clears throat> he, he can't see that well. He's got cataracts in both eyes. Mm, he's so old though. He's old. He's uh seven to eighteen years old, eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. He's, well, we got him in two thousand five, so eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. 18. Because we got him in Daytona, our first mm-hmm. Daytona that you and I went together. So August will be 18 years that we've had him. Yeah. Fucking old ass corn snake. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I, I don't have much other animal stuff going on. I, I need to start pairing some, some sambos up and make them pay for living here. And yeah, that's <laughs> too. <laughs> um, let's see who else we got. We only have six folks in the chat right now, but. Focus cubes in here. Sea anal side exotics. That's that's how you pronounce that for sure. Oh, look, it's retic people. <laughs> I say that we're going to be talking retics later, but it is uh, Dax. Uh, we'll be talking retics with our guests later when they get here. Um, this will be our second week in three weeks talking retics. I know. We're going to be retic experts. Do you want to go ahead and talk about some Facebook stuff while we're still waiting on I the can. guests? We can go ahead and knock that part out. Again, like I said, I've got all those shirts and. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, if people want them, I'll totally make them. But if people don't want them, they're just going to sit in the tub in the garage for now. Yeah. So. So, Nate, I've seen this meme post around and it really makes you think about how we, uh, 
how they how they draw dinosaurs and it makes you think do we really fucking know anything no. oh yeah no we don't uh so it's the meme that shows a skull and it is this weird fucking skull with all these giant teeth and it's horrifying and they mm-hmm. draw the artist's depiction of it it looks like this prehistoric big dinosaur and then they show the actual animal and it's a hippo because the skull of a hippo does not look like a hippo. A hippo, because all the fat's not there. And right. Like, so you just think about like when you see these depictions of dinosaurs, it's just a guess. Yeah. How, how close are we to bone and fat and muscle? Like, I mean, we've got the bone, but fat and muscle, you know, I just, that's weird. Oh, yeah. So I started a new book this past week. Okay. Um, it's called The Book of Hope. I know it's not really reptiles, but it's Jane Goodall. So, you know, she fits as far as I'm concerned. Um, but anyways, this is a book that she wrote. I mean, she's one of the narrators cause I'm listening to the audio book on my lunch break. Um, but it's the second book in a series. The first one was the book of joy and it was with the Dalai Lama. But anyway, so this one is, is all about how with everything she's done in the world and everything that she's seen and everything that she's tried to do for our world, how does she not lose hope? And she even talks, she's like, you know, look with, with everything with, with COVID and the quarantine and the shutdowns and this, that, and the other, she's like, it's really hard to keep hope alive, but it's, it's really interesting. Sounds interesting. So what? She's not in a relationship still alive. Yeah. She's 89. Yeah. This is going to sound weird online, but your mouth sounds very wet tonight. Why on earth would you say that? I'm just saying, I hear it. It's just, it's. Now she's going to be super like. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, James. The sound sound is super (laughs) weird in the room tonight. The the feel in the room is so weird. Because we have the door closed. The door is closed. The fan's not on. The fan's loud. That's one reason it's off. I had it on one night and it was just. I like the fan. Yeah, but it's loud as fuck. It's not. It only bothers you. Nobody else cares. I don't give a shit. It's. I care about sound. Uh, The next. It was funny. The next post on here besides Nathan's uh, weird skull thing was. Something was by Ryan Goslow about uh, the facial reconstruction and the importance of soft tissues on things like T-Rex. And they talk about how, like, uh, some of the depictions are of the teeth on the outside, the way you would look like crocodiles <clears throat> nowadays. And some of the depictions are of enough tissue that covers the teeth, so it's a fully closed mouth. So, again, a, a lot of that is it's just conjecture. Yeah, like, we, we weren't there. Uh, oh, this was a fun one. Travis posted, beetles hydrate by drinking through their buttholes. Mm-hmm. I did. I looked through that one. So you got turtles that breathe through their buttholes and beetles that drink through their buttholes. So, so far, all we do is shit out of them. I haven't found anything amazing <laughs> that we can do. Can't play. I mean, maybe play the flute with a butthole. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, oh my God. On uh, American Pie 2, it was, well, that's it was different. a trumpet. That's, that's, that is true. Uh, I thought you were going with the flute from American Pie, but that no, was but, uh, Yeah, I could have, but that's different. Uh, she played that a little differently. <laughs> <It knows. laughs> yeah. it's, a little, it's a little different. Uh, Nathan posted one for you, Katie. It was a cartoon of chameleons playing poker. And it says, why, I saw that one. Why chameleons aren't good poker cute. players? It was the chameleon looks like the cards. I thought that Did you guys see funny. any of the photos Todd posted, Todd Becker posted last week of the one of the Reddy's chameleons, they put like a little sword in its hand. Yes. And then they it put like a little beer bottle in its fabulous. hand. I missed that one. Yeah. It was fabulous. <laughs> that, that was, you know, unfortunately. Oh, that's right. Darren wants to see put frogs in your butthole. That's true. We talked about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Waco was slow enough that we were able to do those fun things. <laughs> it was mainly, you know, Amanda. I don't think Lee was really. <laughs> but we, yeah, we had a. Lee probably tolerated it. Uh, Nathan said there's people who drink coffee through their butthole. Yeah. I'm there's not also, Googling that. I'm not, there was also a trend when I was in college. Of uh, people drinking alcohol through their butt. 
and then kill, and people died. Yeah, from that's it. not good. You go straight, you go straight into your metabolism. Yeah, yeah. Like, or for like, I remember it um, it was in Houston. Some kids poured vodka. No, they poured Everclear into a funneling. hot tub. Okay, thank you. Funneling. Yeah, butt funneling. <laughs> Um, She's trying to figure out the logistics. You yeah. suck things in a You could. You just, like I mean, the, you gotta, I gotta have some talent. <laughs> yeah. Um, poured vodka, uh, poured uh, Everclear in a hot tub and got in, and it killed oh, all shit. of them. Oh, my God. Because that hot water and it just soaked right through their skin. And oh, shit. There's no control over how much goes into you. Well, and your body doesn't break down. It's not like your digestive system breaking it down. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Uh, our friend Megan posted this weird thing. It was um, a survey. Or should Texans be allowed to own dangerous animals as pets? And I was going to take it, but then I took the survey and I started looking at the questions. And like a lot of them, the questions feel like there should be a yeah, but, and be able to explain the, the but. Like there was no yeah, but option. It was this or this or this. And they were lumping, you know, well, lions you, together with bearded dragons. If you read the comments on there, a couple our of our snakes. people were like, this is a very subjective yeah, it's, survey and that's a dangerous kind of survey because people want to say, "Yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to own a tiger." Yeah, and that's not what I was talking about. When, just and when they, she thinks about owning a dangerous animal, she thinks about owning a tiger. Whereas other people consider like the rat snakes that she has to be yeah. the dangerous animal that you shouldn't own. You know, or a boa or constrictor, the lizards is, oh, that are in the corner. Saw or, some lady the other day in a Louisiana snake group commented, um, "People should not be allowed to own those because they're destroying the habitat in Florida." And it was a ball python. Oh my lord! And no. I'm like, it's no, not man. not these. Not and these. yeah, thanks for trying. Yeah, good try. Go away. Uh, there was what looks like a, a whales catfish caught in uh, the Netherlands. It was a bright yellow, bright yellow. Albino. albino. That was cool looking. Those those catfish get huge. Mm-hmm. Um, someone locally killed a uh, decays brown snake the other day that looked like a palmetto corn. Yeah, snake. like a palmetto. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was. I need to post it in the group. I, I posted in a comment, but it's um, it was pretty. Ooh, that's fun. Well, Nobody got bit right here by a retic. No, thank you. Like I guess he put his hand up when it struck Stop. at him, and it got him around the palm. Stop. Talk, talk to the hand. Oh shit! Stop. He doesn't care. He's like, I'd rather that bite me than one of my cobras. No joke. Uh, Travis also posted a picture. It was a cartoon expressions of a frog, and it's like happy, sad, curious, tired. And they're all the same picture, and then it gets to flirty, and it's all bloated up, making loud noises. Hey, you guys have lived in Louisiana. Have you ever ordered tamales in Louisiana? Tamales? Yeah. Do they look like this? Those are canned tamales. Yeah. Those are like. That's not. Those are. That's why they were Hormel. Yeah. Eight bucks. Oh damn. Those are Hormel canned. You know tamales. what? That's right. That I knew they tasted. You know, I know because I eat them on. Because I mean, every now and then I don't care. I'll eat shitty stuff out of the pantry. Yeah. But those They're, are Hormel canned yeah. tamales. That's what the vin. That's one of the meals they had at the venue. Oh, uh-uh. oh that's now there was a place bullshit. in Forest Hill that people would go to. Well, that's because it was because straight was, up Mexican. Yeah. Yeah, that was not. They were not good. Yeah, it tastes like enchiladas. Those, those wouldn't be. Those are. Yeah. Now, now I realize what that flavor was. Yeah, they're, they're Hormel cantamales. Yeah. I'm looking. Uh, at- oh, I completely. I'm glad I scrolled up there. Our giveaway this month. We have a giveaway this month. Oh yeah, I remember this now. Uh, it was our- blowing up my Facebook case, feed. Katie. Oh god, it still kills me seeing that decay snake. Yeah. I wouldn't have known this was the decay snake. But I would have known it wasn't anything. I, but I would have known that, like, hey, I would have known that they need to whack it with this. a stick. Yeah, thought I'd whack it with <laughs> a stick. That's, yeah. Uh, so, our friends over at Colossal Constrictors, who have done some giveaways for us before, they did some giveaways for the uh, the tools from Redline. Mm-hmm. They did the giveaway for the, oh, the temp guns every week in December. Yeah. Yes. And they did the pizza party. Which was my favorite part of all that. <laughs> uh, but they're giving away a free Spider Robotics Herbstat 1 for us for this month. And, and uh, that? 
Nope. You can't win it. <laughs> Cannot. Okay. Uh, I But I put some steps there to kind of help us. I, I would like, so I'm going to get it back on my soapbox for our podcast. I would like to grow our podcast. Not because I'm like, I want a bunch of followers. Although it does bother me when I see some of these uh, douchebags on their like 30th episode and they get like a thousand people because with all the super chats and all the shit on on YouTube and, and the bro this and bro that. Uh, that yeah, kind of I don't know anything me. that you're talking about, but okay. Don't worry. You're not missing anything. But they get so many followers because of the way they... It's, gotcha. It's, it's not, they're not genuine followers. Yeah. yeah. They don't um, have the interaction that we have with their... No. They don't talk about frogs and buttholes like we do. <laughs> exactly. With their <laughs> coffee in their buttholes. Right. Uh, but I would like for our podcast to gain more listeners, more for our guests. We've had some really great guests. It's our 161st episode. And we've had some really great guests that I just wish more people... Got to hear those interviews because some of those interviews are really, really good. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Some of our interviews are, are not so great. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. But some are really, really good. So to enter for this giveaway for the free uh, Herbstat thermostat, just three things you got to do. Uh, find the post. I made the post in our discussion page and on our normal page. Uh, tell us your favorite episode we've done. 161 episodes now after this one. What is your favorite one? Then. those Some of those have really surprised me. Yeah. Then share a link to that episode on your Facebook, just so it gets more eyes on it. People listen to it and maybe. Well, not only is it more eyes on us, but it's more eyes on whoever on the who person was that yeah. was the guest for that episode. Um, and then go give Colossal Constrictors a like on Facebook or Instagram. They have some amazing animals and they're great people. And like I said, this is the third giveaway they've done for our podcast. Really, if you count all four in December, plus the two, this is the. So to say, this giveaway. is the third that they've done since we've been. Because all of their giveaways have been while we've yeah. been. Yeah. Um, and then they reached out to me and they're like, hey, do we want to do this? And I was like, that's awesome. I love that we can give away something like this. The last get her, the herbs that we gave away was JT. Our buddy JT gave that one away. Yeah. Uh, I love being able to give away the thermostat because one, I, I, it's something I use. I use that thermostat. Um, and so I like to see other people get to use it because it's great quality. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, some of the, uh, some of the episodes, I'll go, go through some of the ones that uh, people have said. Uh, Lee Reddy liked the, the VivTech one where we had Ryan on. We've had Ryan on a couple of times. Pick one, though. But uh, his his are always great interviews. Um, Charles Lattimore said the one with Brent, our buddy Brent, mm-hmm. who is one of the greatest people we know. Even you said that. Mm-hmm. Lonnie said her favorite was episode 11 with Dave Kaufman. I got to reach back out to Dave. Episode 11 was way before you guys. That I was, remember listening to it. It is so different. The podcast is so different now than it was. And I would like to get Dave back on. Uh, episode 86 with Dr. Green. Dr. Green's a great interview. I've actually, so every time anybody would tag us in what they would post, I was getting alerts on my phone this weekend and there were several that said that they really enjoyed having Dr. Us having Dr. Green on. Yeah. Um, episode 117, Tyson said, Dr. Loafman. Love having Dr. Loafman on. He's a great one. I love how you conveniently skipped over one. Which one did I skip over? I haven't. You skipped over Chris. Go ahead. That's the last one on my page. Mm-mm. It is on my page. Yeah, mine too. Uh, our buddy Episode Paul, 120 with Chris Eaton. That's fine. It's still the last one on my page. Oh, that's ridiculous. Anyways, episode 120 with Chris Eaton from Paul Weifeld said, love the guy. We are the same personality. They uh, really are. Sharing the link on his uh, Deep Down Morphs Facebook page. And thanks, And Paul. we've had Chris on more than once, but that would, I guess, have been about the last time we had him. Yeah. the full on. And then 40 weeks ago. And then I had a couple on uh, the Instagram one, which I'll pull when we do the, finally do the pull, the drawing. But uh, so yeah, go tell us your favorite episode. Share that episode on your Facebook, 
and go give Colossal Constrictors a like on Instagram and uh, or Facebook. <laughs> it's free to do that. Go do it. <laughs> oh, look, it's, it's the fat man himself. <laughs> he said, who's your daddy? Uh, his name's Larry. He lives in Beaumont. <laughs> I look just like him. Oh my gosh. So mine's been on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, our guest is here. Hey, Yay. bring him in. Go let's ahead. Go ahead and bring our guest in real quick. I say real quick. Let's bring him in. Uh, Hello, I, Lucas, Lucas. I'm not going to butcher your last name, so I'm just going to say Lucas. That's I, fine. Because I know how fine. I've said it in my head for the last two weeks. And I'm not sure if it's right. Oh, I guarantee you've been Go saying it. it wrong. Go for it. Bagnara. 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 I mean, wrong, you were close. Wrong emphasis on the wrong, wrong syllable. Yeah. That's what it was. Ex- That's okay. Exactly. I, I made myself like, I, I've embarrassed myself this weekend talking to um, <laughs> the guys who do all the little micro geckos and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, you had them on your show when y'all first started the other podcast that you don't do anymore. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a good podcast. I do miss it. it. Was. I was telling them how the drive... Sucked. Oh, from New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Well, they live in uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's does. right. And I was telling them how the drive sucked in Bat- to Baton Rouge because the bridge was shut down and we had to exit. And I said, oh, "That's gross- got to be a nightmare." It's horrible. Oh. And I said, "Gross TT," and he started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "It's gross tet." I was like, "No, it's not." I said, "Not my head." I said TT so many times driving past that sign. So many times. I have to look at a chafalaya spelled before I can pronounce it. Yeah, a chafalaya because I have I have to like think about. The letters that you put together to make Na- it. Nacadish is a tricky one. Yeah. yeah. Gotta love Louisiana. <laughs> Anyways, Lucas is from. It's a great state. <laughs> yeah. I guess from. Do you say Lab Exotics or LAB Exotics? I know it's the initials. Yeah, Lab Exotics. Lab Exotics. And then he's also the other half of the Retake Lounge, which we had your co host on two yeah, weeks Nathan ago. Yeah, Nathan was on like two weeks ago. So for uh, Dax, we're going to have more Retake talk so he can. Yeah, trying to hard that hide that heart on there, Dax. And uh, <laughs> Dax, a good dude. Uh, don't say that. That's that's three weeks now that people say he's good. And, uh, oh, I could, I could. Okay, there we go. I can see all the comments now. I, I figured this out. It's going on, everyone. Ignore any of the ones from Dax. He's right. gonna get a big head. So, but Lucas is another Yankees fan. A huge Yankees fan. Why are we gonna I'm happy. That? I'm happy. I'm happy. You know that. Well, it's because well, he said, said it. it earlier. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, these people mm. know me. All right, I'll see you later. No, I know nothing. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and get that out. Because now. as much as you guys are a Yankees fan, I'm an Astros fan. That's so funny. Oh man. Yeah. yeah sorry. It's it's rough being a Yankees fan and living here in Texas. I bet. Hasn't I been bet. fun the last few years. I know how much tr- how much shit I give Dax every time I see him. He yeah. did wish me happy birthday, go Yankees, a couple weeks ago. That's hilarious. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that was the first one I read that morning on Oakland, too. I'm a Braves fan, so I'm good. Yeah. They did beat that. <laughs> it's great living here. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure my grandpa would, like, come back and haunt me if I wasn't a Braves fan. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's, like, so, the fondest memory I have of him is him sitting in his recliner, yelling at the TV, and then my tiny little grandmother being like, Ed, you need to tone it down. Well, because for us growing up, if you grew up in like Mississippi or Alabama, right. we don't have professional sports. That was right. it. Yeah. And so your professional right. baseball team is most likely going to be the Braves. And back then you grew up watching it was on TBS every night. Yep. So right. you saw the Braves so much, which is also weird growing up. I watched a lot of Bulls basketball because of um, – WGN. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Bulls and like White Sox. So I guess yeah, growing up. Go. What's cool is when I, I grew up in Sarasota, Florida, and the White Sox used to play uh, spring training there. Now the Orioles do at Ed Smith Stadium. And so I, I got a picture of me when I was like three, four years old, uh, giving a fist bump to Michael Jordan at spring training. Nice. That's funny. I got to see Michael Jordan hit a home run when he played for the Birmingham Barons. Oh, nice. One of his nice. like three home runs. I was there for one of them. 
Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I see uh, Chris Eaton over here saying, who's your daddy, uh, daddy referencing Pedro Martinez, but we know that didn't work out too much for, for Red Sox. <laughs> oh, Appreciate your guys' patience, by the way. I no. know I had to switch oh, no. dates, and you Not guys held down the fort. So This actually um, worked out better with a lot of our schedules for the week. So. Yeah, cool. Perfect. Because well, at one point there was a chance that Robert was going to be leaving town tomorrow and then Katie was going to be busy tomorrow. So Yeah, it, it ended up working out well. And luckily our listeners are all super flexible with whenever we finally actually do this and however long it takes James to get it out for everybody to listen. It gets out usually <laughs> by the end of the week. Yeah. Right. There's only been a couple of times. There's a couple times the on like Saturday night. He's like, oh shit, I didn't put the podcast out. And then he goes running up the stairs. Well, the to worst get it listen, like, I know that struggle. That's a new <laughs> struggle for me and Nathan. And it's a struggle, especially when you're putting content out weekly or, you know, it's. I don't it's, know how or, any of this works at all. It's a lot. So if, it's I, a lot. if I, Robert, could you put the podcast out for people if you had no. to do it? Yeah, no. I can figure it out. I don't <laughs> like, know that you're, I you're, would. You're trying to trying to voluntold Robert. You're like, hey, Robert, yeah. you're gonna. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know that I could do it. So James, nothing can happen to you, man. Or this that's podcast. Just, that's is the gone. plan. That is the plan. <laughs> Speaking of, how's right. it, you still going to the gym? We went to the gym yesterday. <sighs> I'm sore. I did a 15 minute Pilates wall workout and it kicked my butt. I could do a wall workout where you lean it's up against the wall. Not nearly minutes? as simple yeah. as you think it is. I thought it was going to be, be so easy. I do wall workouts, and that's just where I rest my shoulder and yeah. my head, yeah. and I go to sleep. Yeah, I can do that. That's what I wanted to do, and I was like dripping sweat. I I sweated more doing that fifteen minutes of Pilates than I did on any of the gym. So we've taken a big break between because uh, we were going like all, like four times, four or five times a week, and then we took a big break, and when we went back, and I was able to do like three miles on the elliptical, usually pretty well within like thirty five minutes. Whew, I killed myself trying to. There's, it's, it's amazing how fast you drop off on what you can do right. when, yeah. when you don't. Especially go. with cardio. Especially yeah. with cardio. Um, but for me, day two after a workout, when I get back into it, it's always the worst. So maybe mm-hmm. tomorrow you'll wake up feeling even worse. Yeah. I, I pushed too much on I told arm him stuff not yesterday. To. I told him. And I was not fine, to. but at school today, I, I, I stretched my arms for a minute and all of a sudden my pecs just like burned. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's right. I worked out yesterday. I think he pulled something, right? Yeah, that was, it was rough. Well, we right. were doing really great, and then you had that like cough, chest, like it wasn't yeah, let's, bronchitis. Let's, blame, let's go ahead and blame me for why you quit going to the gym. Oh no, I'm just lazy, and I filter off. Although it was beautiful last night, and there were not a lot of people there. Well, you're getting farther away from New Year's resolutions. Yeah, that's, that's what you got to do. <laughs> I blame my snakes for not going to the gym. Yeah, fucking snakes. Fucking snakes. But yeah. Um. So um. As far as the topic of podcast goes and being able to move things across just to give you a warning we recorded last night i'm coughing like crazy uh, allergies here are insane so if you hear me oh, just yeah. blasting the mic i'm gonna do my best to mute myself <laughs> where are you at uh san antonio Texas. okay yeah okay. yeah oh yeah i bet the all the pollen levels pollen the is roof right now. miserable right i was just in tennessee on vacation went to nashville uh for six days Noticed not a single thing over there. The night that I got back and woke up the next morning, I woke up just not able to talk. My face was swollen. I was like, mm. all right, it's definitely allergies. Mm. I, yeah. Fun luck, times. Luckily, my allergies, like I, growing up, they were horrible. But uh, not on wood. They've, they've gotten better now. They're iffy I'm here also, there. You've also been taking lots of vitamins that you normally don't I also take. have moved farther away. In the last 15 years from where my allergies were horrible growing up. This is true. So it's completely different trees and everything. Right. Between South Alabama and Texas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyways, so 
Lab Exotics, we talked about your podcast, so what do you keep? Uh, so, retics. Um, I'm actually, so, I mean, growing up, I kept a bunch of different species. I kept the coastal carpet. I kept Burmese. I kept Argentine bows. A lot of that stuff was import um, stuff, and I was just a kid. I lived in Miami at the time. Oh, yeah. I don't know if any of you listening are familiar with Snakes on Sunset. They still are in business, and oh, yeah. they were a big importer of a lot of animals. Um, and so, you know, my parents would take me there to hang out, and uh, I, had, I had already had my first snake and ball python, but I was over there and um, convinced my mom at, like, eight to get a Burmese python and Argentine bow, and they were more than likely uh, imports because a lot of them didn't last a long time. And um but right now, just keeping retakes, I got back into the snake keeping game. Um, I went off and played college baseball. Uh, couldn't keep snakes in my dorm and traveling a bunch. And so I got back into snakes when I got out of college. Where did um, you play baseball at? Uh, University of the Cumberlands in Kentucky. It's huh. a small D1 um, NAI school that, um, yeah, good times. Uh, I, I did JUCO in Florida, South Florida State College, and then got a four-year, or well, I finished off the four years up at Kentucky playing ball. Cool. Um, so right now, just retics, but I will be acquiring um, some, uh, I don't even think I made this public, or like maybe three people know, but I'm going to be acquiring a pair of F1 Peacock monitors. Now five people know. Right. <laughs> Fifteen. And no one in the... No one in the comments. Um, and then um, I am this year going to be finally fulfilling like a dream that I've had since I was like a teenager of finally just stepping in and getting into the locality green tree python uh, game. Those have been my favorite snakes forever um, and uh, love my retics to death, but it'd be cool to have a little change of pace and have something new. And yeah, so you'll be like one of those snobs that we talked about with Bill Stiegel last week. Man, Bill is <laughs> such a good. I mean, he hosts a party every Arlington NARBC, and I've been able to go over there to his place twice. And that was the first time where I saw that size of a collection of green tree pythons. It got to hold them. And I was just like, the obsession I've had of reading the complete chondro and researching them and all that good stuff. Like, I had been obsessed with them without actually really getting the chance to fully interact with them. And then going there just solidified everything. I was like, yep, love that. Yeah, so that drastic difference from uh, seeing green trees, cheap green trees at a show to going to Bill's collection, seeing what it's like when someone actually spends time with them. Right. I've never liked the idea of green trees being at the show and typically the only ones that are imports. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think anybody who works with Captain Bread and who puts all that hard earned money and time and, you know, they're difficult to get eating. I don't think a lot of people that breed Captain Bread want to take them to shows. Yeah, you don't have to see him. I mean, that's what we're talking about with Bill. I mean, Bill's stuff's all sold before a show ever comes around. So there's no reason for him to bring green trees right. to the show. Right. Because you know, if you're captive breeding them, that that group, that's uh, a fairly small, reptile-wise, a small group of people. And they all know who's breeding right. them and they're spoken for by the time they come around. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not even in that community. I don't even have one. But I, I talked to Patrick. I talked to Bill. Um, and and uh, they, they all were like, hey, you know, Bill has some high yellow stuff coming in that's not going to cost an arm and a leg. And I actually got, you know, Patrick was like, hey, there's a dude actually in San Antonio, um, mongrel reptiles that breeds. And he just had a uh, clutch of sarongs. And so that's who I'm going to be getting an animal. From. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So looking forward to that. So retics. So let's well, let's go over the question yeah. we asked about retics and then we can get into them um, so I can shit on Dax some more in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the question we, we asked, uh, it was a very basic question just to kind of get a, a feel. 
what are your feeling about reticulated pythons as pets? So I'm going to go through several, and it was it was really all over the place on these answers. Yeah. But our, our buddy Ashley Howdy, who was in the chat, says, uh, I have excellent feelings about Super Dwarf Retics as pets. Smaller, curious, interactive. She says it's like monitors without legs. Right. Um, they are definitely a more active one. Um, our friend Becca over at uh, the Learning Zoo said if you have the space, which is something we'll get into later. Uh, but yeah, if you have the space, they're great. Um, <clears throat> our friend Danielle said I just got my first. He's been fabulous so far, but he's definitely got a lot more going on upstairs than a lot of my other snakes, which again, you hear that from a lot of people with retics. That, and, and I've always right. known that too. You can just look in the eyes of a retic and know that they're thinking. Oh, yeah. Um, but she said, so far, I think they can be really great pets, but I think given the people I got, she goes, given that the people I got my boy from didn't even know that it was a morph, uh, perhaps there needs to be more, uh, discernment on the part of the people selling them about who is selling, they're selling to and making sure that people uh, actually know what they're buying. Right. Um, yeah. To not know that the, uh, retake you have is not a normal retake is, you should probably know that. Yeah, but my favorite part is when you have like people who've been breeding for twenty years saying that they sell like, "Hey, here's a pure cow toe," and they send off like a motley. And it's like, oh, <laughs> how do you yeah, not so, know what you haven't? Like, is that really you know? common? You've met people in the hobby. It's not just common with retics. That's common across the. Well, the problem is our hobby. But these are people that are breeding them. But again, somebody posted earlier. Look at my rosy cheek boa and the boa <laughs> only, and everybody was like, "Yeah, that's a just a hypo." Yeah, <laughs> it's not a what's a rosy cheek. Oh yeah, my it's gosh. right. right. Hey, hey, I will say there's a lot of like het markers and things in boas that make them really confusing. Yeah, there are. Uh, boas are confusing. I love them, but they are confusing. But but breeders and the problem is using the word breeder, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you're really a breeder just because you put two snakes together and they had babies. Right. Um, I don't know. It depends on your definition. Yes, your snakes bred, but you are not a breeder. You don't have a history of it. You don't have the knowledge that goes behind it a lot of times because a lot of times those are two Craigslist animals they got they threw into a tank and oh there's babies so right my I guess my definition of a breeder is someone who yes puts two snakes together produce babies they also are the retail side of it they're the customer service side of it and they're also the mentor side of it they also need to provide that feedback and that growth for that person that has the animal that I guess to me is a breeder like the holistic part of it now yeah people breed and then they they wholesale off to bigger people but if they're doing it in a large capacity um, definitely those are individuals I would consider breeders but yeah I mean for you to do this for one year and put them together you know, yes, you have bred snakes. I don't know if you're necessarily a breeder just yet. If that's what you're aspiring to be, then keep going at it. Only see those kind of people at shows. You know, someone you've never seen vending a show and they're vending a show for the first time and they don't really have a tablecloth and it's just some animals and some random plastic shoe boxes that they've. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the good those thing. The good thing is those days are, are close to being done because a lot of people are starting to step it up on their displays. A lot oh, of people yeah. are stepping it up on the way that they're doing things. And so the old way of just shoving snakes in deli cups and with tape on top and having, I mean, I, I will say like one thing that I'm very excited about in the industry in general is we seem to be getting to this next generation of like really keeping a lot better and doing what's in the best interest of the snake. And we can thank Facebook keyboard warriors for that. But at the end of the day, um, it's, it's true. A lot of people are starting to keep these things a lot better. Well, one good thing is that the fact that people are starting to up their game, at shows, uh, is going to weed out some of the other, cause that's when you get like those people that complain that they didn't make any money this weekend with their five pastels or whatever. Um, because again, you're not a breeder. You just bought two snakes, threw them together. Right. And thanks to the fact that, 
a lot of these things we have domesticated without actually domesticating them, and you can breed them in anything. Uh, you're not a breeder, but that you're right. And, that'll and they'll work their way out. And especially with retics, like a lot of people think that like if your retics are breeding for you and you produce babies, that you're keeping them in ideal standards because they're willing to breed for you. You can neglect a retic till almost death, and they'll still give you a clutch. <laughs> like that's that's a fact about retics. You can be the worst person in the world with your husbandry. Yeah, and retics will retics will still bless you more than you deserve. Jay Brewer. Uh, so <laughs> our friends are Eric Yaw over at Colossal Constrictor said they have five. They definitely do not think everyone should have mainlands, which for those that didn't are listen to larger? Work, those are the larger ones. Okay. Uh, but their super dwarf is easily, easily manageable. And we'll again, we'll get into that. We did a little bit with uh, Nathan, but we'll get into I'm, it again. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so our buddy Ryan Cox, which I haven't talked to Ryan in forever. We need to, I haven't talked to Ryan in forever. Uh, is it? <laughs> that name rings a bell. Uh, you'll like this one. Honestly, Shit pets. That's how he starts it off with. Uh, he says, I'm going to be. Super- you know, it's funny, though, before you continue reading this, like as soon as I pulled it up to read his comment, I 100% could hear it in his voice. his voice. I could hear him laughing about it as he said it. Like it was just fabulous. So he says, I'm going to be super unpopular here, but even the dwarfs are okay pets at best. Like Borden, because Scott Borden said some stuff later on, uh, said they are intelligent apex predators. A dwarf retic is like a dwarf Clydesdale. It's still the size of a southern coastal carpet python. And we've right. been taught to keep them wrong for years it's a reason i've moved away from them and it breaks my heart because it's my favorite snake period i hope we can move the needle and make them showpiece critters in 10 plus foot cages uh but there's too many of them kept in six by two by twos having 10 plus foot animals um if people want cool morphs and impressive animals they should look into uh bow constrictors or bow imperator which i agree if you if you yes and no though i mean I, i i agree because like boas are smaller they're, they're very thick and heavily dense, and what a lot of people don't realize is when you go out to the Amazon or you go out into Central America and you look at these boas, they're up in trees, big oh, yeah. ones. And the fact that I see a lot of people breeding boas in 70-quart tubs with two boas in there, I'm like – so I, I really think that there's a double – it, there's there's a double standard, right? Because we look at retics and we think of retics as the biggest snakes, longest snakes in the world. And so we're held at a higher standard of making sure that we need to provide more for them, which I think is a great thing. But we neglect to look at the boa community yeah. and see that people are keeping boas in wrecks that are literally, I, in my opinion, and this is kind of an ignorant statement because I don't keep boas right now, but I think boas are a lot more arboreal than retics are. And so I feel like there's this like, the Rita community is like being zoomed in on, which we should be because we keep crazy animals. Um, but I, I also feel like the boa community needs to step up their game too. I think I think younger boas definitely are more boreal. I think I don't know. I'd have to go to the Amazon. I, I have seen pictures of larger ones in trees, but like in like I don't know how much they're climbing the way retics climb, right? Because retics that muscular body is very. They're not meant to be fat, which, of course, we'll talk about later. Yeah, they're, but they're super, super lean. They're very lean, strong, and, and if you ever watch a big one, there's a, you know, climb a tree. It's a completely different method than watching, like, a boa try to climb a tree. I think boas are climbing trees that are at an angle or easy branches to get up and pull themselves up. They're not uh, doing that whole weird-ass thing <laughs> that retics do where they can... Like, yeah, do the wraparound. Yeah, wraparound and then up. Right. The, um, right. But, yeah, I think the smaller ones definitely are. I, I don't... So, you know, someone, I'm sorry, I was looking at the comments and someone, it says Lucas in all caps, but it just says Facebook, Facebook user. user. <laughs> we get that so, all the time. Like, Hi, Facebook user. Um, 
But yeah, I don't like keeping boas. The only boas I keep in tubs. And, and even, so we could preference, I guess, the problem with a lot of tubs is height, right? Uh, right. You can get a tub that could probably give you the same floor space as a decent-sized cage, yeah. but there's no height. Right. Um, so if they want to stretch up or do some of the move, because if you every now and then I'll look in at my boas and they're just sitting there with their head like a foot off the ground, just staring up, just because. Well, like my even my doomerals, they're ground boas. They they'll get up on top of the big hide. They'll yeah. be you know used like up in the top corner with their head in their so enclosure. I, so I think this goes back to like this whole discussion and debate, like across the species, is that as breeders and as keepers, the the previous model was like let's keep to a minimum standard of how they can thrive and yeah. survive and not so much of the like what's actually in the best interest of these animals because yes a boa does get heavier body you might not see these large bows and trees um you definitely will see retics up there but you know does that mean that it's okay you know for the lifelong and I, i'm not i'm not ditching racks i use racks um, I'm getting out of the smaller racks and trying to provide cages and everything. I mean, we can go about this topic forever, but I just, I guess my point going back to it was the retic is very zoomed in because we do keep very large species that are active. Yeah. But I also <clears throat> feel like there's a lot of other species that are kept that are, are still being kept to that minimum standard. I right? agree. I agree. Well, I think, yeah. uh, we've talked about this before when it comes with racks with like ball pythons, I think tub size, is an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get a 70 series tub for your ball Python. Just like, don't stop putting it in a sweater box. I don't care. Like you'll look at it in there. The sweater box should be the hide. And yet it is, right. it is now the enclosure. Right. Um, at least a 70 gives them, look, if we want to agree that they don't climb, which I kind of agree that in the majority, they don't climb and they're a ground dwelling safe for ball pythons, but they are on the ground. They do, they do move. And, right. uh, and, 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 and if you think about the ground, the ground still has elevation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have rocks, you have hills, you have you have like caves, right? <laughs> like so even the ground has it's three dimensional. Like when we think of a ground dwelling snake, even at like a, a ground boa, a ground isn't just like flat, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was Nathan earlier, by the way, that said Lucas, and he said he stopped watching Legion of Skanks for this. So <clears throat> he said he oh, said that, Lucas knows that how is a big deal that is. Man, that's love right there. Love you, Nathan. <laughs> um, and then Dax said Sambo's. Dax, I was talking about actual boa constrictors earlier, but leave my Sambo's alone. Fuck you. They will <laughs> they'll stay in racks because they're dumbasses. They got the, <laughs> they got the most stupid eyes ever, but I love them. If I can ever get myself an Arabian Sambo. I was going to say the Arabian ones are the big ones old that are googly the, eyes oh, on top of their head. On our... On our on our Patreon, it was like a running theme for like two weeks that people were just posting random pictures of just like sand boas with their eyes like all like them. wonky. That's one of the <laughs> easiest they're, ways they're to sell great. them is uh, people look at the face and they're like, "Oh, how cute!" And I'm like, "Yep, adorable face. You need one." It but, works. <laughs> uh, let's go through real quick. Uh, Wiccans, Wicked Reptiles. All he said was big fan. Um, but fuck him. He put out a video earlier. About uh, some of the animals he has, and he showed off his Fiji banded iguana. So fuck it, yeah. Fuck Adam Wickens. We cannot <laughs> have here. For You're cool. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, in America. Also, we when can't are you moving? When are, when are you? Yeah. Also, when are you moving to Texas? Yeah. Right. He's been talking Adam about Holmes. this for a year, Adam. Come get, it, get it going. I mean, you won't be able to bring your really awesome lizard. Right. So there is that, which may be enough yeah. to keep you in Canada. Who needs? It? I don't know. It's a Fiji banded. <laughs> I think I just want one so bad because I can't have one, but it does look really fucking awesome. Anyways, right. uh, 
Lonnie said, I think they make great pets for people who are willing to give them the space, which we talked about. Joe Smith's had great animals. However, mainland and even dwarfs need better management by breeders as far as who gets them. Most people, especially like the one where Danielle bought, got one for someone who had no idea what they had. Uh, most people don't have the ability right. or... Uh, I, I agree in, with that. Yeah. Most people don't have the ability or inclination to provide proper care for a 14-plus foot active intelligent snake. You could have left it at 14-plus foot. Like, I can throw Burmese in there. Um, fucking rock pythons. No one... No, like, very few people can handle that. I've never even seen an African rock right. python. Oh, really? Rock, like I mean, a show rock, or anything. rock pythons... Rock py- Rock pythons are great, and they're so rock pythons are, have like like that reputation that retics had back in like the nineties and early two yeah, thousands. But imports. as we continue to captively breed them, they're they're actually getting better, and you know they're nippy babies, but can be great animals. But yeah, totally agree with that. Like with what you're saying, like you have Burmese pythons, rock pythons, and retics. Yeah, retics are more lean, and they move back and forth in cages, and they're prone to pushing. But that doesn't mean we need to stuff a a, a thirteen foot hundred pound Burmese python in a small cage because they don't move as much. And I'll throw I'll throw uh anacondas in there. Although thanks to legislation, those have become way more expensive now. So less people are getting greens than they used to because you don't get the imports. But I'll see yellows out there for fairly cheap and I'm like, that's still a big snake. And mm-hmm. most most yellows you see are not the uh the cuddliest of snakes. <laughs> no, no, they're not. They're uh, not. A green, a green anaconda is one of my like bucket list dream pets, but I, I can't house it properly. We're we're going to yeah. So my wife and I, um, in a few years, we're going to be looking for property and getting a house on property, and I'm going to be building a 2,000 square foot area, nothing like crazy, but I plan to do a a huge enclosure with a water feature that's set up with a tank that I can drain the water, refill yeah. the water. Like that's how I want to keep a green anaconda. Um, I don't want to keep it in a you know. Uh, they grow slowly, so a lot of people get away and think it's okay to put them in a rack um, because they're small. But no, I want to. I don't uh, even like the the big cage, the big cement mixing tub as a water dish. Like I, I will say that Brian Barcheck's anaconda that setup is good. It's great. I like it's, the way it's, it's. Yeah, that's a beautiful setup. Uh, Barcheck has come come uh, his keeping methods, and when he opened up the the zoo, like those display animals are just like everything that he has there. Um, I mean, just phenomenal uh, uh, husbandry on on the different animals that he has um, that are out at the zoo. But uh, oh, so the Reddies asked. Uh, so in the wild, are retics and boas being seen in the wild in trees in the daytime? The reason they ask is they wonder if anyone has done a study on UVB and UVA uh, for these snake species. Um, um yeah, th- I go ahead and get that response. I mean. I, I know that a lot of these snakes do lay the same way, like we've talked about with like the chameleons. They, they will get into those parts where sun comes through. You know, they don't tend to go lay like out in the sun. But they, but is that more because it's warmer in that spot or because they want the UV? I think it's both. Because you'll, so, you'll see like lizards and stuff will, yeah. will do that. They will go look for the light. They need the light to know like. So. Right. So, I mean, so I, I don't know if there's any like huge formal studies out there. Um, one thing. Thing that I will say, and I don't, I, I excuse my ignorance. Have you guys had Ryan with Vivtech on? Yes. Or oh, yeah. Ryan and Erica? Oh, yeah. yeah. So you, so you've gotten the spiel with UVA and UVB, but so right now I am actually doing uh, 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 N equals one, an, an independent study with a single animal um, that I'm running with a Halmahera female uh, reticulated python, and I'm using their Vivtech UVA UVB spectrum bulb. Um, I am on the second out of a total of four phases in this experiment. And so um, 
my background's in psychology. I've done some research stuff before. And so I'm going to make this as legitimate as a study as I can. But obviously, there's going to be a lot of extraneous variables that are going to, you know, it's not going to be a scientifically sound, perfect study because I am someone with a full-time job, a toddler, a wife. And so yeah, those wives take up so much time. God, um, <laughs> uh, so with that being said, um, you know, I, I throughout our podcast, the retake lounge, I'm, I'm doing some updates there, but I will say um, I have seen some pretty noticeable differences. And so we're, we're, we're measuring, um, we're measuring defensiveness, inquisitiveness and food response. Um, because those are three of the biggest retic traits. Yeah. Uh, when you think of retics and um, food response has increased so far, uh, defensiveness has drastically decreased so far. And this was going from a tub, a small, what we think a small, secure enclosure. Yeah. Right. And I put it in a 30 inch, I put her in a 30 inch by 24 by 24. Right now, I'm still on the basic setup of paper bunch of hides with the UV light on. Um, and defensiveness in a bigger enclosure has decreased. Um, and inquisitiveness so far has remained pretty stagnant. Um, hasn't really fluctuated so much. But um, So I am doing that. So it's not a legit, it's probably not going to be published in a journal, but it's going to be a pretty decently sound um uh, <clears throat> experiment that I think will be valuable for retail keepers and the industry in general. It's pretty interesting, though. And for anybody that there wants to save some money on their VivTech LED UV bulbs, use code GUMBO22 to save 15%. I just got to plug that. That's a yeah. deal I got with Ryan and Eric. I got to make sure I plug that as much as I can. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but no, I, I love those bulbs, and I definitely have noticed a difference with my lizards on those bulbs um, and my oh, tortoises. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, and, and that's... UVB is tricky with snakes because we're always like they don't need it. And do they do they need it to survive? No. Do they need it to be healthy? We've proven no because they've they've been healthy. But it definitely, I mean, there is UV in this in the, the wild, and they definitely lay in the sun. Um, I think a lot of it comes with restrictions on what we can do with what we have right now. Although technology is getting much better. Um, like I said, I think we talked uh, last week about UVB. I would. I really would like them to come out with a, a slimmer like puck light style that I can put up against the top of my cage so that my fucking boas won't just yank it down because, yeah, they're great at that, yanking stuff off the top of a cage. Yeah, that'd be great. And um, I've even talked to them about like you know strip lights and and you know they 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 have a lot of ideas. A lot of people that are explaining things, but they're it's all still in the developmental yep. stage. You just got to think about even for like racks and things like doing a strip of UVA, UVB lighting in a rack that doesn't have a lot of distance. Like we don't know what the research is like that could probably not be good. Yeah. That'd be um, really, really low. So right. It'd be safe. Cause when you're talking three inches, three and a half inches in a lot of those racks. Right. So um, Lee and Amanda, I think that's Lee actually commenting there. He and I talked about this at Waco cause he was right next to me and he really wants to get some VivTep bolts to try out with a couple of their chameleons. Kind of the same idea that Lucas is having just try one and look for these specific things to yeah. see if it improves on the millions. Yeah, and I have a control group, which is a control individual. I have a sibling, a male of that female that I'm keeping in the same rack that she was in. Um, his his defensiveness was not as bad as hers. So again, 
there are flaws in the study because we are working with living animals that are never replicated, never the same. So there's going to be differences, but we're using him and keeping him in the rack to keep him as a control and this different setup. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a comment um, by Reddy's Rainforest um, asking if I'm going to be doing breeding as well with the UV and UVB. Like, absolutely. Um, so every cage that I am having produced by me, whether it be by Focus Cube, who's one of our sponsors, or if I'm getting a really big enclosure and I have jungle cages do it, I am now moving forward. I am, oh, what's going on, Lee? Um, I'm now moving forward to having all of my cages pre-installed with a mounting fixture to put a light bulb in there. Um, I suck at, like, I'm great with cars, good with mechanical work. When you put a drill in my hand and I have to make holes in an enclosure, I always <laughs> fuck them up, like really bad. And so I'm I'm scared that these jungle cages and this focus cube cage, I'm, I'm scared to put holes in them because I'm spending a thousand plus dollars on these large ass enclosures and I don't want to ruin them. So I've been a little iffy about installing them on the current enclosures that I have, but just an idea for anyone who has that same fear that I do. Like you can create a PVC jungle gym and just have a VivTech bulb screwed onto a lamp and just hover it over that jungle gym and let your snakes crawl around there. And um, I had a buddy message me pictures and he's doing that right now. And the snakes will always bass directly under that UVA UVB bulb, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing for anybody that wants to try <coughs> stuff on their own. Some interesting setups uh, to really test it is a, Get two UV UVB bulbs and put one with the heat and one on the cool side. Set up the same perches on either side and see how they perch. Are they perching under the UVB for the heat also, or are they just going to the UVB by itself? What are they doing? Let me also just emphasize that I keep my reticulated pythons in ambient temperatures. Ugh, I don't have people. a hot. I don't have a, I mean, I'm one of those people, but I've kind of changed it. I'm, so, too, I'm too fat to be one of those people. What, bro? What do you call ambient? Ambient is like, so I don't have any hot spots for my retics. How because warm? I, but how warm is your house? No, so I have a garage that I have temperature controlled. Um, and so I have it basically at, um, I mean, I, I did a lot of research in different islands of Indonesia because I keep a bunch of different localities. And what I've set my, my um, range at is 81 Shoot as me. a 81 as a low and 84 as a high. If it gets to 85, not concerned. If it gets to 80, not concerned. And then even if it dips down to 79, like retics out in Indonesia at night during the cooler season, the dry weather gets down into the 60s. The heat stroke so, I would suffer at 85 would concern me. So me too. I thought that. <laughs> I don't do well. With heat, like I get pissed. Like I'm not an angry person. I'm not. I'm not an angry person. But if the you want to, can see, make you an angry person, though. Yeah, like during the summer, my wife knows when I get into the vehicle and I'm behind that that driving. Like she knows to not ask me a question. She knows to not like say anything that'll agitate me because when it's summer here in Texas, I'm a different person. Oh yeah. So, um, but what's cool about my garage setup is that I have a humidifier in there, and so the humidity. And, and a dehumidifier, but with the humidity being higher, I have fans going and circulating. It's really not all – I thought I was going to, like, do this for a year and say, F it, it's too hot. It actually hasn't been bad at all. Um, but to my point was I don't have hot spots for my animals. Yeah. 
And so my my female that I'm doing this experiment will still go under the light, um, which I think is pretty cool. So uh, I do want to throw out Harsh Reptile said they were going to be getting a whole bunch of uh, VivTech bulbs. Again, code GUMBO22. I'm just saying, save yourself 15%. I, I'm gonna, right. I'll, I'll plug stuff all day long. Cause yeah, and if and if you get an air with that code, you could do Retech Lounge 23. Get theirs. And that- GUMBO22. <laughs> um, we're we're going to be using VivTech bulbs on our chameleon, so... Lee, we'll, awesome. we'll let you know how that goes because once we get our clean, we'll we'll have Viv take bulbs on them. But uh, so let me go through a couple of these before most of this stuff. I won't read all. Most of the retake uh, answers were about the same. A lot of people uh, caging, right? It, they think they're good pets, but that, not that everybody's made for them. This person said, uh, "Make great pets uh, for a single snake household uh, for the proper setup. Probably for the general person, it depends. It, it all depends. But um, they said they just wish there weren't as many tough guys who just want the biggest snake." That they can get their hands on to show off to their buddies. And look, Dax talked just in time. Hey, Dax. Not that I'm saying you're, <laughs> this is about you. Tough guys wanting He's big snakes. Definitely not that person. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just going to smack him for you. Uh, like, I haven't okay? seen Dax in a while, so I'm just trying to get I know. on now. Um, but most people are saying they're very inquisitive. Uh, Scott Borden said absolutely awful for about 98% of the people who are keeping them. They're overproduced by a long shot, too often treated like berms, and instead of very large semi-arboreal top predators, which are kind of some of the things we hit on uh, earlier. Uh, Todd Mill said, I'd say this is crowd-biased, even though I've got answers all over the place. Um, but to get an answer from the general population, you should boost this post. Todd, those tend to cost money. So, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, right. We had a whole conversation at the beginning of this podcast about how we don't Make any money this podcast off this. is already pulling enough money out of my bank account. So uh, we're going to go with... No, see, that, that's the damn truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Rick Nichols said 99.9% of people shouldn't own them. 99% of the breeders producing them shouldn't be. Giant snakes have a limit number of possible keepers. Keepers who have the space and ability to house 18-foot, 150-pound snakes. Yeah, I agree. But honestly, because of bad keeping, how many 18-foot, 150-pound snakes... Are there really? There's not a lot. I, 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 you just, you just let me know when to rip, and we'll start covering <laughs> some of these. Go ahead. So you, you go ahead. You wait, wait, wait. I need to know oh. what soapbox we're on before we get on a soapbox, because I feel no, I like mean, there's I, like seven that y'all have covered tonight. I, I feel tonight. like, I, I feel like. So why don't we do this? Do you want to like, um, do you want to like summarize a few of these bullet points, and I can talk about okay. them. We can talk about them. I don't want to... I hate going on my soapboxes, okay. because I do it enough on, on, so, on my podcast, and I look at Nathan looking at me, and he's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. So um, is this so, like when you talk about how boas shouldn't look like a two-liter bottle, but it should look like a loaf of bread? Well, fat is always an issue. Over, overfed, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's in a lot of snakes across the whole hobby and we can pretty much agree on it. Right. That I'm always right. paranoid that my animals are overweight. Re, re, I mean, when, when, when you ball Python breeders again, your females to breed at two and a half years old, something's wrong. Well, and retics should not have fat rolls. They, they shouldn't, no, they, they should never go flat. I'm pretty like sure that Seth, <laughs> Jamie. I'm, yes. Lucas's rant, Jamie. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, that Sean Gray and Seth with Huff's, um, Herbs. Herps are both tired of me like randomly sending them pictures Your of the lizards in fat. my classroom because I'm like this thing is obese and both of oh them are like gosh. Katie that's your lizards to, are that's fine. How it's supposed to be shaped. No, but <laughs> but but snakes snakes are a big one because the the problem is and we've talked about the re- one reason people overfeed things especially snakes is because that's the one time you have to interact with most of your snakes is feeding <laughs> time for the right. general people and so they're like. I get to feed my snake. And so they, they do it right. all the time. Plus, also, they were told 
when that snake was three months old to feed it every week, and now it's four years old and they're still feeding it every week. Right. Um, right. So, so that does it too. But uh, so we can all agree overweight. Overweight's an issue. But right. I think as far as some of the key things here, a lot of people's issue is that the general public, uh, not retic keepers, but the general public that shows up to a show with no intent on buying an animal, but then leaves with an animal from that table that has like 50 different species. Uh, Please don't let it be a retic. <laughs> and a lot of times it's a retic. Right. And, and so the general public probably doesn't have the knowledge and the ability to keep properly a mainland or even they're not going to afford a, they're not buying a super dwarf off of the table like that. So are retics ever an impulse buy for always. people? Always. Yeah, always. I mean, if you, oh, really? we've, we've, we've covered it on our podcast. Like, I think like every other episode, we talk about not impulse buying. Retics are one of the most heavily purchased. So retics are one of the most heavily impulse bought. Um, I, I literally have gone to Arlington NARBC and I've seen like a 15 year old holding a deli cup with a retic in his hand. Because they're not 12 foot when they buy them. So right, it's, they're, they're little babies. How um, quick do they but grow? Then, but then what's also crazy is that retakes are also one of the number one, like, abandoned, neglected, and, like, up for adoption snakes that you see out there. Because people don't realize what they're getting into. Um, um, and if you feed them weekly, they, I mean, they can grow. So a mainland retic, a mainland retic in its first year, without even being overweight, has the potential to already get up to eight feet. Yeah. In Maybe a year? In a year. Wow. Okay. Because dwarfs are was, a lot different. Because I know, because you've, James has red tails, and a lot of people are always like, oh, that's such a big snake. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, but when they're <laughs> babies, they can literally fit between like my face and my glasses. Yeah. Like and they're the problem, little. The pro- and so I watch them grow, and so they don't freak me out when they're big. A lot of people, like, what ends up happening is they're like, oh, this breeder told me the snake can get this big within a year but it's so tiny now i'll just get a cage and upgrade it when i need to and then that that need to never ends up happening because they're short on money whatever the case may be we're going off on another tangent and i still have this my show's rant tan- to go this on. show's full of tangents we're good <laughs> yeah it's fine normally they're um, food related so the fact that we're even on topic is impressive okay there you go um what's y'all's favorite fast food in whatever's in front of me and doesn't have vegetables. God's there chicken. Go. God's chicken. <laughs> yeah. Bro, where's God's chicken? But Chick-fil-A. do you know that they were out oh of mac God. and cheese the other day? We got there. We got there late. So uh-huh. I didn't get the breakfast like I wanted. And then they didn't have mac and cheese. I'd rather go to Raising Cane's any day. Devastating. Me, bro. Yes. Mm. I, I'm sorry. Don't get me wrong. Love Chick-fil-A. Love the holy chicken. Mm. But. I need Can- God's Cane mac- sauce I, has I, crack I think- in it. Right, absolutely. I really do think Zaxby's has a salad, though. Why the fuck do I want a salad? Because I like fried chicken salad. The fuck out of here! I don't want a salad. <laughs> and what pisses me off about fast food salads is they're like twenty bucks, and I'm like, really? No, Zaxby's like, I'm tr- is worth every penny. No, <laughs> that's the one um, thing they have I've, against. I've pain. never seen a salad that was worth a penny. And they also have <laughs> they also have a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, but Cane's doesn't have a sandwich unless you make but it. But Zaxby's doesn't have cane sauce. This is true. There's crack in there. See, we want to. We just mentioned the word food. Food, and, we, Katie. and we're five minutes later. I, I took us. I, I, I took us in there. He also, asked us the question. It's his I did. I did. Um, also, I noticed there's a Jamie just, Rose. Shut the fuck up. Those tenders are amazing from raising canes. <laughs> Oh my God. You yeah, I can't agree with that at all. Raising Cane's yeah. are super hostile. 
I will agree the Raising Cane's fries are shit, but they're allowed to be shit because they have cane sauce, which is so you can scoop the fries in cane sauce. And you can take the bread also, and the oh, tender and the fries and the sauce and another piece of bread. But if you put the fries no, so in an air fryer, they're way better. If you if you want to go big with canes, is you go ahead and you sub. Don't get me wrong; they're cold. They're, they're no, don't get the coleslaw. Don't get the coleslaw. But, but but you replace it for another bread every yeah. time. Every time. And then, I do extra and then fries. you have. Fuck! I don't you have them for lunch tomorrow. Now. Right. So you put two all the sandwich. Chicken, right. You put oh. two chicken patties on there. You drench it in that sauce, and you put fries, fries on it. On it and yeah. right, yes, and then, I do that all yeah. the time. James does it every time it, we get it. So here's what I don't get with canes. I if love canes, anything. but someone there's not fucking thinking. Because if you order a cane <laughs> sandwich, it's completely different bread. You no, already true. fucking had so, bread. Why'd you go, go out with buy the different Texas bread? Toast. So exactly. just for the record, our daughter, our so the door is shut. Normally it's not shut, but our daughter is apparently getting ready to take her shower for the night. And she just texted me. She goes, Canes is a beautiful, godly creation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, daughter. I don't and know your name. She was like, okay, I'm you. going to take a shower now. Because I told her like 20 minutes so ago to go if, take a shower. If, if there's any information on this podcast that I provide you guys that is worth a right. dime, it's that sandwich that I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I've done that many times. Right. Okay. Um, anyway, okay, back to retakes. back to retakes growing and getting too big. <laughs> So, this is great. So, so, Todd Danielson said, welcome to the chicken podcast. Oh, I can go on. You want fast food chicken? We, I can do an entire show actually, on fast food chicken. We actually did a thing where you and I tried like six different chicken sandwiches from places. So hey we guys. could like see which one was the better chicken sandwich. Are, are we doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, so re, retics, uh, so get on there. But uh, I think most people, their issue is that they... And we'll talk mainlands, right? Because again, the general public's not buying super dwarfs. That that's changing, and I'll talk about that when it's time. But that's changing. But most of your impulse buys tend to be mainlands or <laughs> uh, labeled super dwarf at a show, even though it's not really a super dwarf. Um, because right. when they're they're little, it's very easy to label them right. as a super dwarf when they're a baby. Yeah. So. I mean, talking about mainlands, and then I in the conversation, I will also mention the other side of Superdors because there there is something to be talked about with them as well. That is both, you know, pros and cons. Um, but I, what 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 should we address first? Let's go with the general public buying buying retics because that tends to be everybody's problem. Should the general public is it a pet for everybody because of size? We're based off size because that's really everyone's so, big issue. So, well, I'll hit on size, but if it's okay with you, I'll go on my rant in regards to should the general public own a retig in general. Okay. Right? And I, I'm very open about this. I've even said this on my podcast. Absolutely not. And and there's a few reasons why. Um, number one, especially for mainlands, is size. Hold on. Sorry. I had to adjust my mic. I was, like, breaking my neck trying to talk <laughs> down into it. Um, so, number one. Absolutely is size, right? Especially when we talk about mainlands and you have an animal within the first year that you can get up to eight feet, right? And then there's there's the there's the mainland breeders out there that are that don't want to like move over to the superdorf side that are like, Oh, well, you can keep a mainland at eight to ten feet and it's fine. All you have to do is feed it, you know, a small meal and right. But like, is that the purpose of actually keeping an animal is to restrict its calories? Do I should I be forcing my snake to not eat what it needs to grow to keep it and stunt its growth? That's a bad way to look at things as well, right? So size is definitely a reason to deter people and why retakes are not a good pet. Um, the second reason why retakes are not a good pet feeding response. 
Um, I hate mentioning this, especially on a public platform, but it was less than two years ago when a woman died by an eight-foot retic that constricted around her neck and killed her. We're talking about eight feet. That's not a big retic. Yeah. And that was a food, res- you know, that that's just holding it. And I, I really don't even know the details of that. But when you have an animal that is fast, it's lean, it's strong as hell. And the number one thing about retics that people are always concerned about are their food response, which is absolutely something that we need to be cautious about. It's just not a good idea to be like, yes, retics are a good pet, but Keep every time I, <laughs> but, but every time I, open up my enclosure, I need to distance myself or need a tool and be right. Like, so any snake that you need a tool in between you and your animal, right? Like a King Cobra or a retic. Like if you need a barrier to make sure that they know you're not food, it's not like a good pet for anybody. So here's a question for you. I'm interrupting your rant. Um, If it's a snake where you feel like you need to have backup with you, just in case something happens, like, for example, you had one that was like demon snake. And well, my no, instructions she, were to stand there with like basically rubbing alcohol just in case. Right. Had Shonda well, she, was, like a, she was a red tail. She right. was over eight foot and she was not friendly. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but is that considered also? I mean, now, granted, James is obviously not a first timer. He's, you know, worked at a zoo and he has way more experience than your typical. Right. So I actually like props to James for the fact that he's worked at a zoo and he's concerned about an eight foot retake and he's like, yo, just stand by with alcohol just to be safe. That's great. So, yeah, like any snake. So the thing is, is that size definitely plays a role. And if you need a backup, but it's really just knowing the individual because yeah. I have retics that are puppy dog tame, right? That I don't have to worry about that with that are big, that people would still be like, hey, you probably should have a backup because this snake is really big. But literally, I could reach in. I don't because I believe in just tapping and letting that animal know for sure that I'm not food. But a lot of my snakes, um, I could reach in and and I'm fine. But So I think that's more of an individual characteristic, right? And so as you buy a baby as a hatchling, you'll know by the time that it's 8 to 10 feet Mm -hmm. if you need a backup, right? Like I have a 14-foot Slayer that I handle on my own to clean out if I need to. She's 14 feet, and there are days where it's just – it comes down to knowing your animal. There's days where I open up that enclosure, and there's nothing in the world that I can do that I'm getting that animal out without agitating her or without her being hungry. <laughs> and if she has a dirty enclosure, I'm sorry, but if I'm alone at that time, I'm, I'm going to wait a few hours or I'm going to wait till the next morning or wait until I have help. Um, but then there's days where, like, I op- like today or no, <laughs> yesterday, I opened up her enclosure and she looked over at me, flicked her tongue, I tapped her in the head. And she was just like, what's up? And I was like, what's up? Let's let's hang out. And so I took her out. She was totally chill. She was cool. So like even a 14-foot snake, I'll do on my own. But it, I'm again, I'm, I'm reading that body language. And, Does and your wife sh- help if you need backup or do you have someone else that will come over? Or- so me and my wife have a um, – uh, uh, we have a safe word. And well, so hey, my, hey, we do right. get into some weird stuff, but that is not where this conversation is going. <laughs> so we have a safe word. So what what's funny is that she's typically on the other side of the wall. So my living room shares a wall with part of my garage. And so if she hears me yell pineapples, <laughs> that means to come inside, grab the Listerine 
bottle that I have hanging on the wall right by the door. Because now there's a and, party. Right? Because now there's a party and I need you to spray that retic in the mouth or I need you to bite that tail for me. She knows. <laughs> she Man, she knows. She, shit. She, 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 she I've knows never been drill. instructed to bite hey, the bite that tail, tail for me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm more of a don't use your teeth kind of person. But <laughs> don't use your teeth. <laughs> uh... So, so, um, oh, so, but anyways, back to your question. Like, if an animal gets to a certain size, like, generally speaking, best practice is to have a backup. Um, but if you know the animal, you can get away and, and you know, and, and it depends on your experience. But I definitely wouldn't discount that as being a good pet or not just off of that soul factor. So there's a question in the chat that I kind of like. Uh, Todd Sanders said, had a question. In Todd. your opinion, uh, what is the minimum size enclosure for a full-grown mainland? Because we're talking size. And, and again, we said you talked uh, behavior and food responses or some reasons the general public. But this, I think, is also a big reason why the general public is not fit for retics, right? especially mainland retics. Right. So I, I would say the bare minimum size enclosure for full-grown mainland is back in the wilds in Indonesia. <laughs> uh, um, no, just kidding, Todd. So, so, and again, this is a loaded question because there are full-grown mainlands out there that are 13 feet. And you could put them in a 10 by 4 by 3 feet tall, and they'll do fine. Um Here's the thing is that like enclosure size isn't everything. And I I'm rubbing my head because um, I can see some of the mainland retic people looking at me and they're like, F you because (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm speaking against their vision cage propaganda. Um, You mean they're six foot by two foot by 18 inches won't work for, Hey, they have eight foot visions now. Okay. Okay. They're still like 15 inches tall. But anyways. Um, <laughs> well, you got to be able to stack five of them. So. Right. So I think any mainland that you get, even if it, on a good chance, on a full-grown 12-year-old mainland, you can still end up with a 12-foot snake, manageable size animal, even though they're heavier body. I still think you need to go bare minimum 10-foot long. Um, And, you know, a lot of people are like, let me keep my pure super dwarfs in – in a five foot cage, but with more height to let them go around. But like, if you can give a pure superdor six to eight feet of length, like, please do it. Like, I don't think there is a minimum size enclosure. Go as big as you possibly can. What I, what I can tell you, Todd is like, don't cram your snake in a cage. Don't just don't do it. Like if your snake like looks up at you and like, like is in a coil and only like a third of its coil loosens and is at the other end like you're doing something wrong well like Gollum's demon said 18 foot by four foot by four foot and right and i think like one problem is that that's really long i i think if you're talking about full-on retics d- depth is a big thing too and height is a big thing too because i mean you look at a big so like we go to the zoo when those big retics at the zoo coil up they're they're hitting the walls of a four-footer oh yeah yeah yeah, and I and I, I I definitely will say that the bigger is always better. There's this mindset with breeders that like if you like there's the old school thought that like I got a wild caught import and what worked for me was making it feel nice and secure in a small enclosure and it and it bred for me and produced snakes. So because it's more calm in a small enclosure and because it bred for me, I must be doing something right. We need to evolve from that mindset. Um, the bigger, the better. I don't care if it's a hatchling. I don't care if it's a full-size enclosure. The difference between a defensive retic and a not defensive retic is it feeling secure, regardless of age. 
So if you have a small snake in a big enclosure, just add enrichment, add hides, add bushes, add add plants, do something so that it can feel like it's in the Malaysian jungle inside of a bush where it would normally be. Um, give it elevation, right? So um, my answer to all those questions is always going to be the bigger, the better. And again, there's there's like old school breeders that are going to be like, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. But no, bigger. Like I actually had someone who bought a Kaiwati um, locality retic from me, which is like people call them super dwarfs, but they're kind of the perfect in between of a super dwarf and dwarf, right? They're not going to get 15 feet, but they're not going to be like eight feet full grown, right? They'll be in like that 10 to 12 foot range, um, depending on lineage. But um, he asked me like, and these are babies, like hatchlings are four or five months old. And he asked me like, <coughs> can I move her up to a, uh, uh, a CB 70 extra large, whatever their like new big one is. And I was like, absolutely go for it, but just make sure there's enrichment and there's hides and like, yeah. just right. Just make sure that the snake feels secure. So if you could do that with a 20 foot enclosure, if you can do that with a spare bedroom, you know, Right, a spare bedroom. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not even joking. When I build oh, no, this, that's this... what's so funny about this is like it sounds like a joke when we say a spare bedroom, but it is 100 percent no. Not I'm a being joke. legit. No, absolutely. Like when I build this garage, I plan to have a 500 square foot section <laughs> off that I'm going to cycle my females in. Oh, nice. And I'm going to allow each of them to go in and to cycle in, and I'm doing shapes here. Sorry. Um, and <laughs> like so, a circle. Right, it's a circle. Um, so I'm going to cycle my females and let them stay in for two weeks at a time and allow them to have these bigger spaces. And it's going to be uh, a room that um, I, I, I have plenty of soil and things in and making sure that obviously it's it's you know not going to be uh, subjected to mold and those kind of things. But yeah, absolutely. So um, bigger the better always, especially for mainlands. Actually, I take that back. Bigger the better always, regardless of Maitland or Superdorf. Yeah. Uh, Todd also said, in your experiences, do you find that you get different reactions, aggression, puppy dog, food responses uh, from larger snakes depending on their enclosure size? Um, each individual animal is an individual. Yeah. Um, I had a male Maitland that was a pusher, pusher, pusher. I tried a much larger cage for it, still pushed, and then I put it in a smaller cage, stopped pushing. Right. And so when it comes to aggression, so I don't like the word aggressive because retakes aren't aggressive. They're not. They're they're either hungry, think that things are food, food aggressive, or they are defensive. Right. So And they were defensive you, for a long time. Yeah. In the hobby. That's that's the other thing is that they have that negative connotation of because of the nineties and the early two thousands, the retakes like everybody's like, Don't get a retake. They're all mean. I'm like, well, a lot of them are imports. You'd be mean too. Yeah, exactly. If you took me out of my home and you took me away from my tribe and then you stuck me in a box. I'm not like, going to like you. Right. Especially Every if, time. Especially if I'm smart enough to realize things are going on around me. Right. And what's crazy. I mean, we'll go into like retake intelligence later, uh, but I have some thoughts on that. But anyways. Um, yeah. So let me see here. Uh, ADHD kicking in. Let me read this again. So aggression, puppy dog. Food response. I, I love how you spelled dog, by the way. What's up, homie? Um, so um, if a snake is defensive and you have it in a very large enclosure, good idea to try to 
uh, include more more uh, hides and more security. If a snake is defensive and in a small enclosure, are you reaching in on top from a tub? Right, change eye level, but I really think it comes from an individual standpoint. Um, every retake is going to be different, and that's the thing is people stereotype retakes into being a certain way. But I, um, one of my most food responsive retakes is my wild caught Kalatoa Superdorf that I have. But after I turn off her feeding response and I have her out, bro, you would swear she's a captive bred animal. She is so chill. Um, and so I think it really just depends. So when I, I guess a way to answer this is go as big as you can with as much enrichment as you can until things go south and then, you know, kind of add more as you can. But um, any of my snakes, I will say that are puppy dog tame, I, as I've gotten them to bigger enclosures, they've never changed from that. So I really do think it's an individual snake basis. So, uh, Another another negative you always I, and 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 I think the problem is one YouTube doesn't help your hobby because you see it all over the place. Uh, there I, I think there are too many people breeding breeding retakes. Um, you know, there's a certain one on on YouTube that breeds a shit ton of retakes, and then I just think that so many large snakes. Now, granted, like I said earlier, a lot of these snakes unfortunately aren't reaching 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 foot. So there's not a huge. They're not all getting there, but it, they are a snake that lays a lot of eggs, uh, and and has can have a lot of babies compared to something like a corn snake or a ball python laying five eggs. You know, a big clutch of ball pythons, seven eggs. Right. Um, so when we talk about the general public doesn't probably doesn't need to own these. Do you so, think it's on the breeders for producing so many of them that they got to find homes? That, that's my biggest issue that I have. Um, is so retics in general. Um. So I will speak on mainland specifically are way, way, way over. There's not enough people that can keep them responsibly. So let me just kind of recap the food response, the size of mainlands. um, And the fact that you can be having a handy dandy time with an eight foot retic. And if it decides to get around your neck because you're, you're being cool and you're holding it around, it can still accidentally kill you. That's why I check it off as a, for mainlands as a, not a good pet, right? Yeah. But yeah, I do think that breeders are overproducing mainlands because here's the thing. Ooh, a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this. Go for it. Um, so, <laughs> but guess what? I don't give a shit. Um, so when you have a, so a lot of people are like, okay, number one, mainlands are overproduced, right? But if you have a mainland breeder that, that has access to a monitor and, like is going to like (laughs) knows knows that they're going to feed these animals to a monitor as they're producing a bunch of animals, but they know that that is going to be part of their monitor's diet and they do that and they do it noticeably and they do it like intentionally. That's like a good thing to control the retake population. There's no difference of keeping rodents like a thousand of them in a freaking 40 quart tub. And we're, we're, we're using them to feed other animals. Like, why is it that we look negatively on doing that with snakes for monitors than doing rodents or rabbits or pigs for snakes? But, um, so 
part of helping that overproduction, if you have monitors and things like that, you can do that. But at the same time, what, what ends up hurting the industry is that overproduction leads to a decrease in price because they're not moving. Yeah. And then when someone is like, wow, I can have this beautiful purple albino mainland retake for $150. That's a no brainer. I'm going to buy that right away. And then they don't realize that the snake is probably not at all what they expected. Um, well, well, I think the other problem is, Unlike ball pythons, right? Someone go, was trying to produce whatever color in ball pythons. They're going to get a lot of uh, byproduct in, in animals. Animals that don't have what they want or whatever that they're going to wholesale. But that's still just an animal that's going to reach three, four, five foot. And, and you can find right. a home Not a problem. So, but the problem is when you're breeding mainland retakes for a one out of 16 odd or, you know. That can kill you. Yeah, just saying. There's so many in there that you aren't aiming for that are just a byproduct that are going to have to be wholesale or sold cheap, uh, just so you could get that one snake. And that's I think the morphs and we're retakes it, has led to that issue. We're seeing it right now, even in the Superdorf community. I never thought in a million years that when Superdorfs got popularized in 2017, 2016, I would never think that in this short period of time. There would be an overproduction of Superdorf retics. But guess what? During this recession, there is a massive market crash where now 75% Superdorf retics are selling for seven, eight hundred bucks. And guess what? My opinions on a retic being a good pet, even as a Superdorf, doesn't change. You still have a crazy food response animal, for the most part, that still. Even a pure Kalatoa reticulated python at full length, full growth by 10, 12 years old is still 8 to 10 feet, right? Still big enough to kill you. And they're very hungry. Um, They're just like, are they, okay, are they phenomenal? Let's go to the pros, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Are they phenomenal animals? Absolutely. Are they worth keeping? Absolutely. Should everyone keep them? No. But if you love them, like if you know a retic is right for me, I've seen one in person, I've held them, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've talked to people with them and nothing is going to change my mind that I can keep a retic, then guess what? A retic can happen for you. Like, I do think that anybody who is not ignorant and who is willing to learn and grow with their animals can keep a retic if you have the space and you have the time. And you can just read typical reptile body language, right? Um, but even superdors do not make a great pet animal because they can still get to the size of hurting you significantly. Yeah. They're, they're not – everybody hears dwarf and they're like, oh, it's small. No. It's relatively small. It's not <laughs> – no, no, no. Yeah, so I'm dwarfs, those, dwarfs. I'm one of those people. I'm like dwarf. Oh, okay. We're talking like less than ten feet. But then I realized that it is dwarf in comparison to but even what less the than adult. ten feet. Nine, nine so, foot is still a lot of snake. Yeah. No. So, so hold up. Super dwarf is a nine to ten foot snake. Yeah. yeah. Dwarf. Dwarf. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Salayer and Jampea Islands that get fifteen feet. I have a Salayer in my garage that is considered a true dwarf that is fourteen and a half feet and she's fifty five pounds. <laughs> That's a door free tick. Hmm. Well, so Todd had a good question. I thought, what does the end game of a big snake tend to involve? So, like, so if you have a twenty foot uh, retic that lives its complete lifespan and dies of natural causes, what do you what do you do with it? 
That's a, that's a, I mean that's a a lot of snake. Like you can't just be like just throw it in a garbage bag and throw it in a trash can. Like that's personally, this is going to be a crazy answer. If I had a retic that lived its entire lifespan with me, so let's say 20, 30 years in captivity, and it lived its entire lifespan with me and grew to be a true monster at 20 foot, I'm digging that bitch a grave. I'm getting a tombstone for that thing. That thing lived its life. Like, I am going to do something that respects the hell out of that animal. I would almost want um, to tan the hot. Like, our, our friends at, <laughs> our friends at uh, the Underkeeper's Vault, uh, Underkeeper's Vault, they do... Uh, it's not tan. It's like oiled or whatever. But so when you unravel it, it still feels like, like it's it's skin. It's not dried up. It doesn't shrivel up at all. But that would just be like, especially if it's a pet. I kind of wish like so. I had a uh, a Brazilian rainbow boa that died at at seventeen, and I wish I had had caught it and been able to take care of the skin enough and been able to keep the skin because I just he was a beautiful animal. I would love to still have that with me. Uh, That's what sucks about snakes. If you don't find them in just a few hours. Especially if they die under the heat. Yeah, which he probably did. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I would, that would be a cool thing to keep is the skin. I get, some people are like, that's demented. How would you keep it? Why would you keep that? But I mean, especially no, I mean, 20 foot. That's, that's, that's. Yeah. There's, there's people that, that get the skin of it and they hang it across a long wall in their garage or their snake room. Or, I mean, there's a bunch of different things that you can do. Um, if it's a healthy animal, um, and you're like from the hunting standpoint and you, want to recycle everything like go ahead and give it a try put it on the stove i don't know like (laughs) um i i mean there's a lot of different things that you can do and 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 i don't like to i mean i'm i'm a therapist on on my my you know my career and my my job that i do and so i don't like to how you handle death and how you handle processing grief and how you decide to yeah how you decide to do that i'm not going to judge you on that Right. If you want to try to eat it, if you want to bury it and give it a tombstone, if you want to put it skin up on the wall, like do whatever you want with it. And then, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, reach out to the zoo, reach out to your local college to see if there's any research and dissection that they want to do. Um, cool. There's there's a lot of different ways that you can address that. It'd be really cool to dissect a 20 foot retic just because the organs, the lung in that thing. How huge. Right. It's got to be, gotta massive. be huge. Yeah. Massive. Right. Right. But uh anyways, back to the pros because I ended up ending yeah. up on a con with Superdors. But um yeah, they're they're extremely intelligent animals. And what I mean by intelligent is like they're stupid when it comes to food, but like they're also <laughs> really inquisitive and they their eyes move and they look around and oh, they yeah. under they, they're able to pick up habits and your behaviors really well. So um my Kaiwati that I've had, it was my first retake that I had. Um, I could tap it on the enclosure three times on the side, boom, activates her feeding response. So that way, when I go in without tapping the enclosure and I open up the door, it's, it's not just striking out at whatever it is. Right. And so they are, are super, super intelligent, um, in certain aspects. Um, again, I think they're really stupid when it comes to thinking everything and anything is food. That's like the, but, so before you got on, I was talking about certain things. Like my pine stinks that, but they get what I call food blind. When when they're in eating mode, their brain shuts down. And it's just like I got to go for food and strike right. a thing. Every, everything around me is food. I got to get it. I got to eat it. And then when they're not thinking about food, it's like, oh, you're a completely different snake. Right. And and so uh, Intrepid Exotics actually mentioned a good point down here. The most recent comment, retics with the right mentorship and fairly strong person are really incredibly easy to work with. And I couldn't agree more. There are retics that you can get that are literally puppy dog tame that are like 
just absolutely phenomenal animals. Um, I just, I always, I'm always cautious about like saying like, yes, they're good pets. Because yeah. like when you think of a pet, you think of a dog, a cat, a gerbil, um, you know, you, you think of things that are relatively um, safe to keep. And I, I do, again, even with the Superdorf side of things, there is a danger aspect of keeping retakes. And whenever there is a major danger, um, it probably doesn't make a, a good pet. Now, yes, you can argue that a dog you know, statistically speaking, dogs bite more people than snakes do. There's also more dogs. So that, that's the problem with yeah, statistics. Yeah, right. There's there's more dogs out there. Um, but, you know, uh, that that reptilian brain that reptiles have, that mammals have a little bit higher level of intelligence and thinking, makes it different. Um, uh, yeah. And again, they just made an, another great comment. Retics are like electricity. We use it every day, but unless you're an electrician, you don't open the breaker panel so you don't die. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, um, that's a beautiful way to describe that. So, Todd had a question. He said, Would the morph of the retic have anything to do with the attitude or food aggressiveness? Uh, like you said, now I know that within early times, you know, depending on how close they are, that morph is related to being wild. That did affect right. a lot of that. Um, right. But do you see anything now with them? I mean, Pied's a good example of like a morph that people generally speaking refer to as an aggressive morph, but I think it, it goes down to just, it's all about length and captivity. The more that you breed Pied's and the more that you continue to do that captain breeding process, you're going to eventually uh, run out of that. Now, I do have a theory in terms of like albinos or Pied's, like why were Pied's so crazy aggressive? Like, I don't know, if you think about like the wild caught Pied that was out there, like it had nothing to blend into in the wild. <laughs> Yeah. So like anything that I came across, it's like, screw you. I'm going to try to kill you before you kill me. Um, and so maybe that has partly to do with that. Um, in in regards to, you know, I don't know of many albinos that are aggressive out there, or even if they had that original reputation, but I can't say that albinos generally speaking, don't have a lot of camouflage. So they could be more, you know, apt to be defensive. Well, especially one that, that made it, you know, the ones right. that are less defensive. We, <laughs> they got eaten. right. We didn't see um, so yeah, I do think it's, you know, it starts off with morph because they are freshly imported and, but I think eventually as you get down the line of captive breeding, um, a lot of people talk about how puppy dog tame tigers are. Well, yeah, that's because they, tigers have been, been kept forever. in captivity. Yeah, it's been around since early nineties and maybe even the first one was imported. I'll talk to Bob about this, but I don't know, 1990 eight or 88 or 94. I don't know, but whatever tigers have been around forever. That's why tigers are literally, that's why they even have like stupid tongues and some of them don't even stick their tongue out far. It's because they've been kept around so long and it came from one tiger animal that they're all crossbred inbred. Right. Yeah. That, that was your topic for y'all's next show that I was going to steal for this show. Oh, on Friday. Yeah. (laughs) For inbreeding, but that's across the whole thing. That's 1992. Yeah. See year that I was born. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's some that's somewhere not long after that is the picture of Bob with the big ass I'm tiger sorry, on the did cover. Did you just say you were born in ninety two? Is that what he just said? He did. Yeah. I, did. I, was, I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, definitely conditioned more than tamed Lee. Definitely for sure. I don't want to say that any snake is like tame. Yeah. Right. They're definitely just they tolerate us. At the end of the day, these snakes are just like eh. Whatever. So I, th- I think I feel like that's a lot of our reptiles, though, that they're conditioned to tolerate us. Yeah. But some just don't condition as well. Yeah. Yes. 
It's kind of like with with our our friend that does the falconry. Some birds. Yeah, her kestrel did not it. want a condition. As well, well as the, the kestrel is a holy terror. Bro, <laughs> I grew up with an Amazon parrot that hated me. <laughs> I don't like parrots. I like having fingers, so I'm not a fan of parrots. Right. Um. So I think in the end, when it comes with when we're talking about retakes, and, and we can bring up anything else, but uh, I think we're all on the same page. They're they are like any other animal. They can be a good pet in the right situation. I mean, look, we talked about before you got on Texas, you know, we got a bunch of fucking tiger people own tigers. I don't think a tiger is a good pet. I can't think of a time where I'm like, that's a great pet, but it's definitely not a good pet for 99.9.9, but even more, almost a hundred percent of people. Right. Yeah. I, I, I definitely don't want to keep a tiger. Yeah. So, but some people can keep them. And so retakes are, are retakes. Should they it's be a great example? Should yeah. retakes be the pet snake? No, the, that's why ball pythons exist. I fucking hate ball pythons, but if you want a million different color patterns and all that, you can do that in something that's not going to get 13 foot. That you don't have to but, feed but, five pound rabbits to. But let me also tell you this. I've kept a bunch of different species of snakes. Yes, I was younger. But if you are a person for a retic, one of the best snakes you can keep. Yeah. They are just so rewarding to keep. When you have an animal that's 12, 13, 14 feet. Even a super dwarf that just has that much intelligence that is willing to have that relationship with you, that mutual respect where like you'd look it in the eye and you're like, I respect you. And they're like, I don't care about you, but I don't hate you. Right. <laughs> when they when they do that, it's a great symbiotic. Like it's the most rewarding thing ever. And I haven't kept monitors. I'm going to soon. So we'll see how it compares because a lot of people are like, oh, if you think a relationship with a retic is great, try a monitor. I'm looking forward to that. But retics are literally just like when you have that connection with your retic, even on their bad days, like you're, you and your retic are just like, you're cool. Well, just some um, snakes, some snakes just, they, they think more than others. And I, and I've, I've had the chance to look into the eyes of several snakes that black mambas. I've looked into the eyes of black mambas. They're like retics. They, they look at you. They look around. They know what's going on. Bro, they see through you. Yeah. Like if, same with King, same with, same with King Cobras. King Cobras. Um, right. You know, someone that owns a ball python or a corn snake, don't give me, <laughs> As far as intelligence goes, they're just dumb. They're they're not. You they're are fine. never they're not, going even, to understand no, what it's not, like to have not, a there's snake. There's not this problem solving so, going on. So hold up, hold up. They're not dumb because they've survived this long, right? They're just nah. stupid. I mean, yeah. Hog, <laughs> no, hog noses survived this long too, and I've watched hog noses. They don't. It's like I don't know tons of people with college degrees who are stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So so dumb. let me let me let I me say this. I love my daughter. I, they just they. they <laughs> I will say this. In captivity, ball pythons can be a little <clears throat> dumb or stupid, <clears throat> but I will I will agree with you on the I, I got to handle my first uh hog nose like not too long ago at my buddy Phil's place here in Arlington. Um and I was holding it and, and I was like, Do you even know how to slither? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do you know how to move? It was I was like, Hey, is it like doing this weird thing where it's gonna chomp on my hand? It's like, no, that's just how they move. And I was like, Oh, these these things are interesting. You should yeah. see them when you feed them. <laughs> they bite the tub. They bite the substrate. They bite themselves. I've seen that happen before. Yeah. Oh, I've, like, yeah. I've seen I've seen videos of hognoses literally yeah. eat themselves. Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's the mouse. Yeah. I'll think I'll eat that from the ass now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just I, I you know I I think if no one's ever been around some of these species that are that we we consider quote unquote more intelligent and, and I don't think it's what they're just thinking. There's a different problem solving part of their brain that's going on when they're functioning. 
And if you right. haven't been around that, it's hard to understand. But I mean, you can look, like you said, you can look into the eyes of retake and they move. Like they look at you, they look at what's past you, look around you, they know what's going on. I wonder, I wonder if that has to do just like an evolutionary process where these animals got bigger. They found themselves towards humans earlier in life back in evolutionary stage and they needed to adapt in order to survive and be more aware of surroundings. This is me going off on like a tell it like a, a tangent on like just theory, but I'm wondering if it has anything to do with that aspect. Like same with King Cobras, because I've looked in the eyes of an anaconda, and there's not much going on there in a green anaconda. It's a big old lump. Oh yeah, but they're in the water and they're in the Amazon away they're, from people. Yeah, that's true. They're just sitting there waiting for something to come past their face and and drown right. it. They're just looking right, but re- but but retics are in the forest where tribes and people live. And actually, no, that's ignorant to say that happens in the Amazon too. Well, so but, I don't know. But retics are also about. actively hunting. They're an ambush predator who will actively go look for – they don't – they move more than a green anaconda is going to, right? A green anaconda will sit there in the water at the water's edge for fucking forever. Or like a, there's been some gaboon vipers that have been like – they've documented them like 40-plus days without moving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah, I, I was about talking to my mic. So, yeah. The, yeah. So, <laughs> some, of, some of these animals move more. Now, they're not a – when I say they're an active hunter, they're not an active hunter like – are like rat snakes or like right. yeah they don't they don't hold or, guns or <laughs> they're, they're not hunting them down or anything but they they definitely are more on the move looking for stuff so like i said it's it's and and i've wanted to retake for a long time but then i realized i'm smart enough to go yeah i'm not gonna do that i don't i just don't i i know what the setup i have is it going some, to do it i have some calatoas available nope i know that i can't do it i don't know what that is but i like that he said no it's a pure, it's a pure, pure. superdorf. I don't, I don't hear no a lot from him, so it's a beautiful thing. Sure, you have, like, as in, no, I get you. Let me say this. I let me, you, let I, me start I, over. I, I can get you a male Kalatoa that I have of a brand new bloodline. I who is going to be much more manageable and easier to keep than a boa. I don't, I, like I don't like, I don't hear him say no about things he likes often, and it's beautiful. I do. So I will say something about mainland retail. So he's never said no to sex. I'm, depends. It, sometimes there's something. <laughs> <on Twitter. laughs> sorry. Sometimes, sorry. 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 You know. Depends on what teams play in. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, Are the Braves on? Go Braves. <laughs> but uh, I will say the one thing, the cool thing about big snakes, so big retakes, big berms, is the head. If you've never had a chance to hold the head of a full grown 15, 16, 17 foot snake, it's insane. Uh, yeah. My buddy had an 18 foot male berm. And its head is just massive. How are you holding the head? Just, just like, like, like this. Okay, so okay. I'm just saying that Amanda has a point. Wait, what? Amanda really? I love how she point. says, "Don't come at me, James," but she has a point. So go ahead and throw that up on the screen. Is this the one right there? Where yeah, this? that one right there. Honestly, that, yeah. that's actually, that's actually a good point. Right, so so some- she says that Amanda thinks that the ball python is the smartest snake in the world. The reason is they're the only ones that protect their heads with all their might. Not true. Not true. Bill said that green trees do it. Calabar, uh, Calabars do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, green, okay. green tree pythons will do it. Um, it's definitely observed. Sambo's uh, can't do it because they're too fat to coil up. So no. don't leave Hold on. But can we, can, we, can we just move towards the idea that protecting your head's a good idea, so therefore they're not just like stupid? They're not just a dumb or, rock. Or it's just a natural instinct, and the ones that were even dumber got eaten. And maybe yeah. it's not that fascinating. Right, because it's still a ball python. Yeah, and and I, I can't admit that ball pythons are. are <laughs> so I so I, I I tend to try to stay away from like the smart versus not smart because again, like retics it's very subjective. Are, 
retakes are very because the way that we measure smart is like by human yeah. smart, and so we're we're observing a retake and we're saying, oh, they have characteristics. No, I, like I'm a high us. school teacher. I measure smart on a completely different scale. Right, like A scores and and uh, you know and and and, could, and no, SATs. Could, could and, they get to school? Can they tie right. their shoe? Are they coming to class high and are they high and still getting good grades? And you're very smart, right? Um, and so, no, totally. Um, but I will say that um, ball pythons, um, just like every snake that's out there, has stood the test of time. So they do have some form of ability to survive. And when you're a reptile, if you can survive and evolve, you got what it takes, right? Yeah. Um but um, I want to highlight a question. I don't know if you want to pop it up or not, but I want to ask. Where's that? Uh, let me see. Todd asked it. Um, Todd. There's two Todds. Is it this one? What is the best way? What is a there we yeah? Go. To I guess guarantee that you end up with a big snake that's not going to be super aggressive, and I can ask because of the people who have young kids like us. Okay, oh. so <laughs> I don't think there is a way. So there, there are things that you can do. Um, so number one, buy a hatchling. Um, don't buy a big, big snake and take the breeder's word that it's puppy dog tame when it's cold at the show. Right. Um, number, number two is buy something that has been captively bred. Like if you're going to get a mainland, a tiger, a botley, these morphs that have been around for a while are, are a good option. Um, that you know have been just captively bred and and again if it's a pet and it's been inbred but it's healthy and it's fine and you're not going to breed this animal um you know you get something that has just been captive bred for several generations um number three work with it as a baby you know touch its head get it away from being head shy um and i think that you'll see that most mainlands that are captive bred in today's world um, and I will say this majority, like much more than 51% are going, can be puppy dog tame. If you are willing to put the work into them. Yeah. Don't let, Makes don't sense. let your, don't, don't let your, don't let your 10 year old take the snake out of the cage. Because again, the food, the food response is what we have to worry about. But once that snake is out, knows it's not being fed, it can be chill. But I guess what I like to tell people is if you want a snake, that's going to sit in your lap and be you know a, a lap dog retic is not the right not animal retic. for you don't get me wrong there are people like ed over in europe that have great examples of animals that can be retics that can be like that but generally speaking retics are not the pet to just sit down and hang out with because retics are always always on the move i want to go back. Todd, todd danielson said 18 foot male yeah it was an 18 foot male burn <clears throat> I, I measured it myself because i didn't believe it uh, but it was also one of those that was overfed for a long time, not by the guy that had it, but by the previous people. It weighed like oh yeah, he put it on a hardcore two, diet, two hundred pounds, it. and damn, um, that's a big animal. Yeah, he just basically had to starve it at one point. It was like, and he had to screw it into the cage because it just kept popping the door off. So he had to get these long screws to hold the door in place because it was just jeez, yeah, it was just a bunch of fucking snake, right? Yeah, uh, typically if a big snake like that is popping the doors off, you don't have it in a big enough enclosure. Yeah. Well, he didn't have one at that time because they like, here, I don't want it anymore. Here's this 18-foot male. Jeez. Uh, yeah, he took it out one time. I was like, that's a huge female. He goes, that's a male. It's a really fucking huge male. 
So a lot of people, like, of course, retics are dimorphic, um, but a lot of people think that males are, like, significantly smaller, but there are 15, 16-foot retic males out there. Like, if you think that getting a male is going to guarantee you get a small animal, you're wrong. It's not. That's the other thing is, when, when getting something, assume it will get to the biggest size that that species can get to. If Always. And then add like, two feet. When, when, <laughs> right? And then, like, when people when people, when people people buy Kalatoa Superdorf retics, and they're like, oh, this snake is going to max out at eight foot, like, mm, no. You need to be thinking ten foot. That's like, all right, I'm going to go buy a Clydesdale, but I'm sure it won't get bigger than a Shetland pony. Right. Do you have horses? No. no. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> no. That's a lot of poop. I don't trust horses. I, they paralyze wait. Superman. That's true. Damn. Let's see, horses are evil. They paralyze. Yeah, I'm afraid I, of heights. I've had horses my entire life up until about five years ago. Horses are freaking phenomenal. Equine therapy with doing horse therapy is great, but they're just yeah, they're like you can buy a horse for three hundred bucks, but the the vet bills and the feeding is is ridiculous. I mean, I, I kept two grand in the bank at all times for vet visit because. You go because horses like to fucking just find ways, new ways to kill themselves. <laughs> right? They're like, "Hey, look at this fence post. Let me rear up and impale myself on it, and so or let me eat this food that I shouldn't eat and get colic, <laughs> and let me spend all your money." So, speaking of pets that not everybody's own, see people see things like that, or they see like you'll go by a yard, someone has a zebra, and people are like, "I want a zebra," and that's one of those animals that's easy enough to buy. If you can find you a livestock auction. You can own a fucking zebra. Oh, so yeah. they don't there's understand one is, not far from here. No, there's yeah, not. Right it's right down, down the road. But the problem is they don't understand is that zebras aren't fucking horses. No. They will pick you up and literally throw you across a yard. Some with guy got his mouth. arm ripped off by one the other day. Yeah. Jeez. They're not a fucking horse. But I didn't realize they were that violent. Oh, yeah. they're, they're horrible. They got to fight lions. That's true. They are not a domesticated animal, but that's people see it and other people have them. They're like, I can get it for cheap and they'll get it. So it's kind of like the same with retakes. I'm not saying retakes are going to rip your arm off. But uh, but accidents happen with retakes, and if you're not prepared for that because you think that it's going to be – because you see on on YouTube this giant, overweight, very lazy, laid-back retake, and you go, I can do that. That may not be what you get, and it should also not be what you get because yours shouldn't be that fat. But, right. So Right. Um, Lee saying hopes when they get Parson again, they, they want to get some Parsons chameleons. They can grow them to the size of small dogs. So I'm guessing Amanda didn't see the listing on uh, – Morph Market last weekend, and he was like, "Oh, she doesn't see this." <laughs> <laughs> Way to throw right. him under the bus. <laughs> I didn't say anything. It's gone now. <clears throat> Maybe. Yeah. So, are retics a great pet? Like, not really. But if you are willing to, like, if you know what they are about, um, you know that they can get big. You have the space to keep them, and you can give them some exercise outside of an enclosure. Um, because again, a lot of people talk about cage size. Um, but here's the thing is you can get away with a, a, you know, a 15 foot snake in a 10 foot enclosure, but if you're taking it out, you know, two to three times a week in the backyard and you're letting it roam and get some exercise, you're not like just gonna let it free roam your house. Oh my God, James, shut up. Not with a two year, <laughs> not, not, not with a two year old right now. I cannot tell you how many people, when they find out how many animals we have, they're like, you just let them roam. I'm like, no, you moron. We don't let Dude, them you, roam around ever, our house. I've, ever since I've had my daughter, she's two I was, years old. I was going to ask you, when did it start? Because the second oh, well, people found pregnant. out moment, I was pregnant, when we got the pregnant. moment, the moment my wife they pregnant. found out we, we like, were so pregnant. are you getting rid of your snakes? No. No, I'm gonna buy more. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Right? Like, 
like, not getting rid of my dog. I, I had got a pit three bull on the at way. the time. They yeah. wanted me to get rid of my pit bull. I was like, Listen, no. I can, I, can, I can go into pit bulls for days. Pit bulls are literally the sweetest dog yes. ever. Got a stupid one downstairs. Not the smartest all the time. No, they're, but... <laughs> no, they're stupid. They're, the only dog that's more stupid is a bulldog. Or not a bulldog, uh, a boxer. Yes. It's the only dog that's more stupid. It's legit. But all right, so we are we are past the two up, man. We we are. We I'm did, hungry. We didn't get to our other questions, so I guess uh, I guess next week's gonna have I, to do our other. Do, do you do you want me to like bullet train this? Yes. Like, you want another question? Well, our other one. I'm gonna throw it real quick. Which is what is the largest negative and positives about breeding reptiles? Um, and a lot of them are kind of the same. Uh, just people. One people breeding things. And for weaker animals, they're not breeding for weaker animals, but they're breeding for a certain trait that you know is going to lead to weaker animals, which goes right. into your uh, inbreeding talk y'all are going to have in your next podcast. Yep. Um, the other uh, big thing with negatives were people not being responsible breeders, which we talked about. People not, especially with retics and with certain animals uh, and, and right. any animal, not giving people the right information, which happens way too often. And, and I kind of want to go back to, you know, are retics good for everybody? I don't think there's any reptile you can say that's a great pet for. And a blanket statement for everybody. Like, there's not bearded dragons are not a great pet for everybody. Dude, bearded dragons are much more complex than people realize. Like, that's a that's a that's a tricky thing to keep. So, like, I think we get we get into this whole uh, what is the cookie cutter reptile for everybody, and we put like four or five different reptiles into that, and go, yeah, anybody can keep any of these. No, if you suck at keeping an animal alive, it doesn't. It's not going to change anything. Um. Uh, another set of big negative is the morph market. Not to be confused with morph market, uh, but they're talking about morphs in general, which I think kind of is a negative towards mainland retics. I think that's one thing that drives there being so many of them. We're working on it on the Superdorf side of things. Um, I do have some pairings that are going to be happening real soon with Superdorf and Ocelot. Um, so Ocelot's a really big gene right now. But yeah, I mean, pros and cons of breeding. I mean, especially from a breeder's perspective, pros like the first moment that you get to actually experience eggs hatching or live birth. Cause I do both. Yeah. It's, it's, fucking it's amazing. The, it's the best feeling in the freaking but the world. Problem is, it's neighborhood. The problem is it's not, it's not just babies. the first time. It's every, every time. Every, time. It's every, let me tell you, babies. it's a lot, it's, it's a lot less stressful than the hospital ER nurse tell, or not ER nurse, but the hospital nurse telling you like, Hey, hold your wife's leg and, and help her, <laughs> you know, push this baby out. That's traumatic. Um, <laughs> Hatching, hatching they wouldn't retakes. let him watch my C-section. I he tried to watch and they shoved me back down in my chair. Uh, C-sections are rough. Um, but I will say just like being able to facilitate the creation of life with another species is the most rewarding thing in the world. Um, the downside to breeding is, in my biggest opinion, with every single animal out there is overpopulation. Yeah. There's too, yeah. many, too many humans. we got to get rid of some of them. Well, it sounds like we're going to have to have you back on again because I know there's a lot that James wanted to talk about that we didn't get to tonight. Next, next time, we'll get him and Nathan on at the same time. There you go. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, uh, I'll come on. Like, If you guys want me on whenever, I'll come on. I can talk retakes and snake in general. I've learned a lot tonight. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Appreciate so you guys. If anybody wants to listen to y'all, yeah. what's the best way for them to do that? All right, so the Retic Lounge on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, you can follow me individually at lab lab underscore exotics underscore on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook on there. Um, for any of you that are like 
even contemplating a retake or just want to learn about retakes, we have a Patreon at the Retake Lounge that at the the cheapest is $5 a month. You gain access to our Discord that has over 50 members and that is extremely active. So active that I've had to silent my notifications. Love you guys, but it, it's popping. Um, but um, come on, learn a bit. If, if retakes aren't for you, you leave. If they are for you, you can stay and hang out. Um, so that is patreon.com forward slash retake lounge. I may steal or, that idea because we have a Patreon and we never have anything, but a Discord with all of our listeners would be fun somewhere. Uh, if you if you have a Patreon, I can't highly recommend a Discord channel to allow your community to just blossom and, and, and mess around with each other, get to know each other. It's a great atmosphere. That it would be good for the on. people that aren't on Facebook too. Right. Yeah, it's a way to connect and learn and and talk and talk shit, talk snakes. Um, I'm good at talking you know, shit. Right. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So <laughs> on that note, go Yankees. Appreciate you guys for having me Gross. on. <laughs> um, Gross. If you want to, don't forget to check out uh, LonsireReptileRacks.com. Yeah, and, and, then- and, and and real that quick, that is not my um, website. Mm. It's Ellis Reptile Rex. Son of a bitch! I even do the voiceover for you. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of people on our Patreon that I've been active in this chat. Just want to say thank you guys so much for being on, listening, and, and supporting. Appreciate you all. Yeah, thanks for coming on over. If you if, if you came over from there, please give us a like and uh, I, I, should I do the whole enter for maybe, the giveaway? Maybe that's the thing. I need to get into the whole smash the like button and hit no. the subscribe. I and will slap you with my flip flop. Push the bell. Hey, don't ding, don't hate that. No. We do it. No, hit the dingling bell. No, sorry. Hey, when when you when you type in on Google how to make your podcast grow, it says to do that. So do it. Smash hit. Poke, James Lewis, I'm tickle, gonna smash do all the things and poke you to, to listen to us. Hey, dry hump right. the like button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna that I'm, like button. <laughs> I'm gonna be jumping on your guys' Patreon tonight. Um and uh I'm excited for that. You guys have a great podcast. Prior to me being on, I caught up on some episodes. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Really love what you guys are doing. It's a really fun atmosphere. When um, he has all of his co hosts, we are pretty fun to be around, but it's a it's a great show. <laughs> um also, our, don't forget, aim out there, our monthly giveaway. Don't forget, go over to our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, all you got to do is tell us your favorite episode we've done. It could be this one. Uh, share the link, which will be up for this one by Friday, by Thursday. It'll probably be by Thursday because uh, now we don't have anything else for you for this week. Share, share it on your on your social media and then go give our uh, sponsor for the giveaway, Colossal Constrictors, a like on Instagram or Facebook. And you can win a Herbstat uh, thermostat, a free Herbstat thermostat. All you do is those three things. At the end of the month, we'll do a drawing. And, uh, and we we can't win it, so somebody some, someone needs that's to not win it. someone that's not us gets to win a awesome Herbstat thermostat, right? I'm- and for and for those of you that are not liking, commenting, or subscribed, hit the notification bell for the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Go ahead and like, comment down below on your thoughts. Okay, yeah. I'll throw out that that out there. Do, do, do all that stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lucas, thanks for coming on. If you'll hang out yeah. a second, uh, everybody else, good night. We will see y'all back next week. I'm looking forward to next week's show. Yeah. It's gonna be a good one. Uh, Appreciate all of you. Somebody had a great idea. You did. A, you had a great idea. So we'll be back next week. And good night. <laughs>